could get a boner, no problem, and we could be having sex. I'm sorry, that shouldn't be funny, but that is a funny sentence, no matter how you spin it. <laughs> it's like people like hold them up on this pedestal for being nuisances to society. Like, like, oh, you're so healthy, like, good for you, buddy, and it's just like, no. I'm so like I'm just like so I don't even know I don't even know what to do right now this is... oh my gosh Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening. Uh, this is Long Walk Short Drink episode 29. Uh, yeah, and we are uh, podcasting right now. We're not doing a live stream. This is our first time, Dave, like getting to talk in over a month. I know. Yeah, For I was thinking about that. For listeners, uh, if, you, if they're listening kind of as we go, it's business as usual. I guess as it's always been since like December. December of 2016, but for us, there's fits and starts sometimes, and this we're after yeah. one of those fits, <laughs> I guess. I yeah, know. yeah, or, no. Or, uh, um, and so, yeah. I think this was the longest hiatus. I, you know, I called it a hiatus uh, to one of my buddies. Um, <laughs> you know, the podcast is on hiatus right now. That sounds uh, so, way fancier than break. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. So um, because I, well, I knew we were coming back, and. Uh, and it was a nice break, but I think this was the longest one, though, of our breaks that we've had. And, uh, man, I missed it. Like, Me too, yeah. Let's crack open a beer, and yeah. I want... I don't want to waste any more time. I want to hear all about Europe. Uh, oh, the cutie. Yeah, Look at that. I got the dogs. They swarmed I me. I love hey, it. Yeah. Hey. Oh, there she's eating my face. Oh, man. That's Look what? at them smooches. Oh, I love you, Dad. <laughs> I like all that sweat on your face. It she tastes does. delicious. I'm pretty yeah. sure she likes my nose so much because it is always a little sweaty. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I love you, but Gav here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, no, I want to look at your face She'll more. She'll never, ever stop. <laughs> I, you know, I, my sister had a dog once that I did that. I was like, because she, she's a licker. That's what she And uh, I was like, I'm just going to see. I'm going to see how long it takes. And I got like a sore spot on my face, like because she had licked the same spot like over and over and over again. So like the forehead? Yeah, like and I still like I caved. Even like I was like, all right, you're done. Like <laughs> you're so, done. <laughs> you're done. <laughs> well, let's crack some right. beers. Yeah. All right. On three. Three. Woo. Yeah. Um, I'll give you the cliffs notes on Europe. I have never been out of the country before. Yeah. Um so that was a new thing, and it took me an embarrassing long time to get a passport, <laughs> but eventually I did that, and we kept yeah. talking to uh, to our old buddy Jacko, about who's lived in Europe for 10 years or so, um, and in Amsterdam for the last, I don't know, three maybe, sounds right, maybe a little longer, but um, he's always encouraged me to come visit, and that just seemed like impossible to me somehow it just i had no frame of reference for like oh i left the country before it, and this is it's as like. impossible it probably seems as impossible to you as it did to me that i would ever come visit you in minnesota like it just like it seems like a foreign country to me <laughs> yeah so i mean but then shit like that so then you were in minnesota uh last year last year also uh maybe it was even the year before uh jacko's dad visited which for something about that just i was like oh I got to go now. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. 
Um, so I started to try to psych myself up. And then uh, in February or January, whatever, U2 announced that Joshua Tree tour. And um, so that ended up being kind of the thing that we built the trip around. Uh, the Bride is a massive U2 fan. We met at a U2 concert in 2005, and she is a concert ninja. <laughs> like Right. Yeah, so like we met at the in the in the uh, like the closest you could be, and it comes from a lottery system on that tour, the Vertigo tour. And she worked really hard to be there, as she worked really hard for the tickets we got in Europe. And I ended up there by almost by accident. Um, but so so yeah, so she very deliberately tried to get such good that kind of good seats for U two show in Dublin, Ireland. Right, their hometown, where they were playing the entirety of the Joshua Tree, uh, their seminal 1987 album, um, and uh, yeah, so we built a trip around that, but we flew into Amsterdam first. Um, so I'm not gonna take you day by day or anything; that would take forever. But I did have like a handful of notes. The first of which is just international flights. Yeah, I'd never been on one, and they're fucking awesome. <laughs> that's, really? That's how I feel about it. At least the ones I, I that I had. I don't know about the idea of being trapped on a plane for like 14 hours, man. I know. I didn't think I would. I, I thought that might bother me. Um, With no windows and like just that like constant like noise and like, oh, I don't know. It like, because <laughs> I mean, the longest flights I've ever been on are the flights to Hawaii and like. And the longest of those, I flew from South Carolina, I think, to Hawaii. I don't think it would do that far. But it, uh, Minnesota, maybe, like the Twin Cities. Does oh, that sound to, right? Uh, you mean from a leaving place? or like say, I think it was like St. Paul to Hawaii. Like oh. It, like flew from St. Paul to Hawaii. And that was a long flight. That was like a seven-hour seven flight, seven or eight-hour flight. Yeah. I mean, that's good. Good size, and that like said. that like p- was pushing my limits. Like I was, I was about to freak out. So I can't imagine. Like props to you, man, for. Oh well, uh, did you used to to smoke at that time? Was that part of it? Oh yeah, was... that was. Um, no, I mean I was pretty good about not needing a cigarette, but uh, it was just. I mean, because you know you're a big guy, and those seats are made for those seats are probably a tight fit for you. Yeah, and, they're awful uh, for everyone. <laughs> yeah, and like. I have to get a belt extender, which like for any flight, which doesn't make it like pleasant because then you have to like ask the steward is for a belt extender and like, oh, yeah, that would, you know, (laughs) I'm, uh, I'm always, I am always so terrified that they're going to charge me for the seat next to me because like there, it is impossible for me not to spill over in the seat next to me. Like, that's why it's great having a partner because you know, we kind of like spill over into each other's seats, Yeah. you know, but what <laughs> so I mean, sexy. like I've, I've spent more of my adult life as a bachelor than I have as a partner. Yeah. And so I, I was all, I would always crowd out the people next to me and I was always worried I was going to get charged for the seat next to me, like for, but they never did. So I've yet to uh, get charged that. Thank goodness. So when the brides paid <laughs> extra money so that we could sit side by side, only two seats, um, and that was well worth it because yeah. like for those bigger flights, um, there's quite a few people like across the way, um, like in the middle, uh, maybe four and then another two seats on the other side. It's a you know, huge plane. We left at like 10 p.m. or so from here. And the idea was to try to sleep uh, on the way over. But yeah, I just didn't know what to expect. I had no idea. So first off, they bring you food and free drink 
constantly. <laughs> like there's a meal, there's snacks. They're like, you, they just keep giving you like, you want wine, you want whiskey, whatever you want. <laughs> it's free. It's <laughs> like, awesome. They give you hot towels. <laughs> I never had a hot towel. Were you first class or something? No, that's what I was, I was like. Is it just really? Like, They're giving you whiskey on? and coach? Like, yeah, I saw first class uh, on the way out, only on the way home. And those are like fucking hotels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, um, yeah, for the international flights. Yeah. Cause like those seats oh. you can like lay down and they're like beds. Kind of. Yeah. And there's like this extra room for your feet, but it like goes, I don't know. Is it weird? Like space pods almost. And, and <laughs> they, they had like phones. It seemed like 1980s phones. Like when Danny Glover uses a cell phone, a lethal weapon, <laughs> it's like, that's what it looked like. Um, but so yeah, they like hot towels, they, they pull it out. It's, it's like, um, a more, I don't know, some kind of oversized moist towel that it's not like a cloth towel, but right. it is the most refreshing thing in the world. <laughs> so it's like they give it to you and you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. it's too hot to handle. So you go back and forth yeah. between the hands and then you start to like wipe the sweat off your face and neck. And uh, it's like, this is magic. <laughs> so, uh, and there's so many movies <laughs> on the thing. And uh, so, did you have the the headrest TVs like with on demand? Yes, so, like, yes. yeah, you choose individually, which I never knew any other way. But um, the bride was telling me, like, yeah, it used to be like this thing in the middle of the the aisle. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, on the way over, the intention was to to try to sleep so that we wouldn't be wrecked. So I, uh, I think I did watch like Silver Linings Playbook because I had. I think I was editing one of the shows and I was, or no, I was doing something where I was watching that movie on mute shortly before we left. I was like, this movie's fantastic. <laughs> like I got to watch this again someday. Um, yeah. So I found myself in that position where it's like, I was trying to go to sleep. Couldn't I'm like, fuck it. Do they have silver linings playbook? They do. <laughs> so I can watch that. And so we mostly we slept, but like I was drinking the wine and then, the bride would get it and she wouldn't really drink it. So I drink hers and I didn't really get or feel that drunk, but it was just fun to get <laughs> so much wine. I think I had like four <laughs> glasses. They were all like this size. That's awesome. It was, oh, it was, uh, and I kept and thinking. And they weren't charging like $30 a glass for this? They didn't charge you for anything. Now, the bride also, so I married very well in, in really every way. And one of them is the U2 concert ninja to set all this up. But also she's the, like, the social director of our village is what I often refer to her as. And I am... So it's awesome for me. I think it sucks for her. I think at a certain point she realized like, well, I, I she's like, it's one of those things she would just do anyway. I mean, I don't think right. I could usurp that power even if I tried, <laughs> you know. Right. And I have zero interest in that. Like whether it's our day-to-day -day life or this kind of big extravagant um you know, excursion. So I have no idea how much it costs. I'm sure it costs enough to where like, yeah, that stuff better be included. <laughs> but, right. Right. But it right. all was. And so for me, like that beginning there, the whole thing felt like magic. And, uh, I, we had to sleep on the way over, so, but I'm looking at the movies and I'm just like, cause so it's a bunch of things that I, in my everyday life, try not to do. Like I try not to eat too much. You know, I mean, these are right. again, it's good to have goals. I try not right. to eat too much. Try not to drink too much. Try not to waste time watching movies. <laughs> and uh, I'm pretty good about the movie thing because that's like it. That's where it's really obvious. So like, either I can work on my projects at late at night when I can still drink and eat <laughs> while I do that. <laughs> right. So that's where I fall short. But it's like I do have to make the choice about the movies. So in any event, it's a bunch of stuff I try not to indulge in. Um, but here I was like, well. And I did bring a project and a hard drive, but I was supposed to sleep on the way over. 
And I was like, all oh, these movies, and they keep bringing all the snacks. And I'm just like, I can't wait to go home so I can watch all the movies. <laughs> and that's what I did on the way home. But uh, so, yeah, the flight, we flew Delta. It was fantastic. Um, and we got there, and uh, there's Jacko <laughs> just looking European as fuck. Because, I mean, he, he's lived there. He said, yeah. I mean, yeah, he said over the years, like, he definitely feels that that is home more so than the States. Uh, wow. So, yeah, there he was. And then he, he, uh, he and his, um, and his partner Christine, they they showed us around uh, everything. There is bikes. Bikes even have the right of way to cars. I think in Amsterdam. Wow. I could yeah. Be wrong I about think that. I've heard that. No, I think I've heard something like that before. Yeah, and we were. This was. We really lucked out with the uh, hotel room the bride found uh, in terms of it having uh, both air conditioning and a refrigerator because that was that would be the last time we had either of those things in Europe. Right. But, um, it was, and then you could rent bikes. You could rent bikes. From the uh, front desk. Yeah, I have terrible. Ex- I, I I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast before. It's it's not something I'm proud of, but I have a real like stick up my butt about cyclists in general. Um, yeah, I think no, I do too. A menace to Man, society. <laughs> we are hetero life mates because I think like ah, uh, like every time I pass a bike, every time I pass somebody riding a bike on my road, that I have to like. Risk my life to go around because they're <laughs> pretty much yeah yeah, uh, which I get it. I'm in a car and they're on a bike. It's not I I, I you know I owe a responsibility to be like of course I would do like it, there's like no match there, but it's still like, but every time I pass one I'm like. Live strong and stay off the juice. (laughs) I just shout, get a car. (laughs) Yeah. Which is wrong on so many levels. Yeah. Why else don't you like them? I bet. I wonder if they're the same reasons. Well, I mean, it's just, it's just the inconvenience of like, I, I, I feel like, you know, we grew up kind of in the country. And so if you pass, like if you get on a country road and there's one there, and it's like a blind curve. Like you're stuck behind them. Like you're stuck at that bike's pace. Oh yeah. Until yeah. you can see to pass them because it's just as dangerous to pass them on a blind curve because if there's another car there and you have to swerve back either into them or hit that car. So, um, and they don't fall like, even though they're supposed to, they do not follow any of the rules of the road. Yeah. Like they're by and large, like you, I'm sure there are, are, I feel like it's more the opposite of like one bad apple spoils the bunch. It's like, there's one or two good ones in a bunch and everyone oh, yeah, else no, everyone, like every bicyclist, I've never seen a bicyclist stop at stop signs or, you know, half of them right on the sidewalk and they're not supposed to, which I mean, I guess that's fine too. Cause I get pissed when they're on the road, but like. It's really but not the, if you're on the, the sidewalk because that's the thing. They're menace to pedestrians as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it, it's just they don't follow the road rules like they don't follow speed limits. They weave in and out of traffic, like all that stuff. Yes. And like and Ugh. they never get called out for it. They're and like it's like people like hold them up on this pedestal for being nuisances to society. Like <laughs> like, oh, you're so healthy. Like, good for you, buddy. And it's just like, no. <laughs> Because if I went 60 miles an hour down that 45 mile an hour hill, I'd get a speed, a speeding ticket and they have just as much potential of causing an accident. Right. All of that. Yeah. That's how I feel. And then I work on a campus where that's very bike friendly. So the surrounding roads and all that, and then literally just trying to navigate the campus, like they, they have their own lanes, but 
you know, they're not staying in the lanes. They're flying by. You can't just like walk like a person. It's just a, it's just a nightmare. So yeah. I don't have a good attitude about bicyclists. <laughs> And you're in Amsterdam, like the bike capital of the world. Um, and and uh, and believe me, like I know that I'm wrong in this in this argument about bicycles. Yes, yeah, we're wrong. It's just how we're I wrong, feel. Buddy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I'm so glad you agree because that's I usually meet a lot of resistance to that. <laughs> but um, so anyway, but we get bikes. But also, when I have gotten bikes as an adult, this this then being the second time, they're always like the worst bike of the bunch. Uh, yeah, and it's like it hurts my butt to sit on. It's not the right like. It's just like an, I have the worst bike, and it's a nightmare. Um, it started that way, kind of. And then eventually I got, I switched two bikes. Like I switched, swapped one out and gave that to the bride and then had a bad bike for a day. And then the second day switched it for a second bike and they, they'd have these numbers on the keys and there's this elaborate lock system. But the yeah. number on the, the identifying marker on the bike I ended up with was U2. Oh, <laughs> yeah. nice. And I was like, this is, this is great. I, they were like union bikes. And I asked, I could tell that that brand was okay. So I'm like, could I get one of the ones with U on it? Not, never dreaming that there was a U2. Yeah. So that was fun. And it was really amazing then to just um, follow, you know, the, the locals, my old friend and around I mean, we biked so much. <laughs> it's just like, that's just what they do. They they yeah. don't drive. And I, he was, he has, I don't, he's, he's, he and um, his, his partner are, ex, are expecting a baby in October, um, <laughs> Man, uh, which we didn't know Jacko. when we uh, booked, booked the, you know, the trip. Hi, 11th back podcast listeners. That's the uh, slobbery noise you hear. Hi. They're not on video today or anything, so no one can see you. You're just like a beautiful Aww. nuisance. <laughs> Aww, eleven. Okay, we're. T- I'm. Daddy's giving a travel log. Daddy's European vacation. You didn't yeah. get to go, <laughs> but um. <clears throat> oh, so so yeah. The that's just the 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 culture there is that you you bike everywhere, and we kind of kind of got used to it. Ooh. There's there's a lot of like night biking in the rain. It was really great to have local guides like that because we saw yeah. things we never would have otherwise seen. Um, I go go ahead. I have I said that about Hawaii all the time when uh, you know when people like the three or four people who came out to visit. I saw them like when they you know because I was already connected with my Hawaiian family when I was out there. And the first 24 hours are the most intimidating because they don't put on a show. Like they're just like, that's just who they are. (laughs) And they're like obnoxious and they eat a lot and they're loud. They're like Palmers. It's like an island full of Palmers. (laughs) You mean all Hawaiians are like your like Yeah. Like all that Hawaii, like that whole Hawaiian culture. (laughs) That's what it's like. It's like, that's why it fits in so well in out there. Um, So it was very overwhelming for everybody that came to visit but by the end, they were like, I'm so glad that I had this opportunity because I would not have had the same visit. And I learned that, that if you're going to go through all of that, find a local, find a local that's like cool and nice. Like, of course, be careful. Like, don't just like walk out and be like, I'm a tourist and I have all this money and I don't know anything about this place. Like, please show me around. Like, that's dangerous. But like, if you know people in that area, like try to connect with them. Because you're a local is always going to give you like a better experience than you, than like what's put forth for the tourists, because that's always shit. Um, 
So that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's that is awesome. It was it was terrific. <clears throat> did you uh, did you go to a cake shop while you, you know, were there? We, we didn't somehow. It was uh, what? I know. Are you fucking? I'm revoking your like cool card. It's gone. No, like that's like your only opportunity probably to be in Amsterdam. It, how long did it take you to get over there? And you didn't go to a fucking cake shop? No. It oh was, my we were, gosh. We were never near one. Um, uh, the first night, I know. You're, I just need to give us some time. I'm, so, to, like, I'm just like so. I don't even know. I don't even know what to do right now. <laughs> this is. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh! I know. It's hard to explain. Like the days just got away from us, and and having those local tour guides, like there were there were several times where it was just like it was just too much for us. Like um, we were just hey like, babe, <laughs> if you went to Amsterdam, what's one thing you would be sure to do? Eat a big piece of cake. That's what she said. <laughs> Oh, I know. It's uh, like you're going to fly in a plane for 17 hours. It would be really hard for you to get back there. You're going to make sure you do that, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's an affirmative. Well, part of it is I I didn't make too much of a priority of it for a couple of reasons. One is the biking. <laughs> and of course, we oh, could yeah, have made it back to the... You know, we did talk about like, oh, it'd be great if we could get some back to um, the hotel and stuff. And uh, it just. Yeah. It's legal there, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you take it the most. <laughs> oh. I don't know. I didn't go into Burger King. <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't go to Burger King. But you know what yeah. they put on uh, French fries in, in Holland instead of ketchup? What's that? Mayonnaise. What? <laughs> I see the dirt, man. <laughs> they drown in that shit. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> oh, and and that was one. Uh, that was another thing, and that was actually sort of the the major thing that Jacko was sad we never got to was they call them frites over there, and uh, we never did have any local uh, frites with with mayonnaise. Uh, but oh, yeah, man. so well, I guess not to. Uh, so we got to see a lot of things too, like the red light district. That probably we we did go back there one night after. Um, Ireland, and that's when we were going to make up for, you know, hopefully maybe get some cake and and see the red light district. We did see it from this boat. Um, so Jacko used to live on a boat um, not too long ago. Uh, and we, so he hired a, a friend of his or someone he knew to to take us and then two friends of, of his girlfriend out um, on this nice long boat ride. And we saw all kinds of things. It, I mean, Amsterdam is kind of, the the waterway is central. <laughs> I was gonna say it's built around a river, but I have no fucking idea. I, I, right. I give zero shits about geography, unfortunately. So I don't know these things. But um, so yes, yeah, so we saw a lot of things that we didn't see on bikes from the water. Uh, we had this great tour guide. Everybody there speaks English. Um, that's helpful. <laughs> um, and there was this one time we were coming up. So we saw the old uh, boat where Jackson used to live, and that was neat. And uh, this guy was giving us great. It was like a tour boat, except for it was with a guy who was just like cursing and giving us like oh, just talking to us awesome. like friends. It was really fun. My yeah. favorite moment of which we were driving by this because people do go there like Americans or whomever. 
with like an Amsterdam accent, right? Like, so they, yeah. they have like, uh, cool, he was like, from somewhere else, but he definitely had a European accent. Oh yeah. Nice, and, uh, nice. so we were pulling up alongside this, uh, this, uh, boat that had just people partying like for lack of, and young people. And there was just like this visible toilet on the back and, <laughs> and our captain, uh, Rolf, just shouted out to them because we we're very close and it's like in this like canal or something. He's like, what the actual fuck? <laughs> <laughs> he was asking them about their boat. So that was really <sighs> something. We uh, took this ferry out to something called the Eye where they had a Martin Scorsese exhibit, which was amazing for Ooh, me. Oh, nice. That the, yeah. That was the first day everybody was like falling asleep. And I was like looking at hand drawn um uh hand-drawn storyboards from taxi driver like the it was incredible i really and what a weird that. thing to just like f- fall into <laughs> in amsterdam. like in amsterdam <laughs> yeah. like yeah like we were gonna go to see the van gogh museum but that was a really it was hard to get into and stuff so and we got to see like jacko's studio where he makes stuff and uh that was all really great um but yeah anyway so we that's that's the major that's the main hits of amsterdam um and then we went to, uh, we flew to Dublin on Ryan Airways, which yeah. as much as I love the international flight, Ryan Airways, an uh, uh, Irish airline can like eat a bowl of wangs because that, that was horrible really? <laughs> both yeah. there and back. But then we went up to uh, Galway where the, uh, we took a, a tour bus up there. No. Yes, and and then anyway, we we saw that, and that's where actually the bride did a semester abroad when she was in college. So that was fun. She was she was the tour guide there, and we saw the sights and took then a a tour bus to I don't know what direction it was, <laughs> but to see the cliffs of Moore, and uh, and that was all really great. Um, and that that tour guide on the, on the bus was like he was an ex Coast Guard. He his whole family were Coast Guard. Um, uh, was like you know you got have a family of cops and these these were all uh, people in the Coast Guard and um, you know those people risk their lives to save other people all the time and um, you know <laughs> the bride and I know them best from watching the deadliest catch <laughs> 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 but so once she found that out she was asking him a lot of questions about that and he had an amazing Irish accent um, he was really cool that was all very awesome and then we went you know, then we came back then we came to Went back to Dublin and, um, yeah, saw you two in Dublin, which was unreal. And also just to be in Dublin around that time, it's not something I encounter often that you two is cool. <laughs> you know, usually if I tell people I like you two, let alone let on how much I like you two, it's not exactly met with like, oh, me too. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and that goes back to the cabin days, honestly. That was, I actually became a fan of you two. Because I, at that time, I was mostly only this. I was a huge fan of Pearl Jam and Nine Inch Nails. And that was like my jam. And uh, yeah. I was like collecting stuff that were getting bootlegs. And so as Jacko and Crams and, and Bauman were getting into U2 at that time, I thought that they should have, I thought that they should collect the way I did. <laughs> and they were kind of doing that a little bit. And so I was making the, I would make, I remember making each of the three of them and maybe others an audio cassette dub of the rattle and hum film and rattle and hum the documentary concert film was the joshua tree tour so i was hearing all of those songs and that's what made me a fan um so we're essentially in in dublin ireland to see you two kind of 
on a, like a 30th anniversary of that same tour. Except for this time, they're going to play the album like first song to last song in order. Um, wow. And, uh, yeah, it's a lot of songs you hadn't, you know, that never really or haven't been played for many, many years. And um, it was pretty cool. But also, so tons of people like us are making this pilgrimage. So where normally it's not cool to like you too, like pretty much everyone we encountered right. um, did like you too. And so we ended up talking to people uh, about that. We had a really nice uh, conversation with this couple that I would not have guessed was there for you two. He was French and she was English. And we got to, we were joking like that we're Canadian because we were, we were a little embarrassed to be Americans at uh, this time in history. And uh, yeah overseas and but then it was interesting we had this this nice well it was a nice discussion about unpleasant topics to where this british woman you know they they're crossed the bear as brexit and uh uh she was like i haven't really been able to talk to my family about it and i'm married to an immigrant and uh, so it yep. was kind of it was an interesting way to commiserate and then of course we then just like cycled back and started talking about U2. But to like be in, in bars in Dublin and they're like playing only U2 songs, like deep cuts. It was it was so cool. Oh, man. And obviously, the Guinness is amazing. And I like, I, I especially like Guinness anyway. Right. Uh, so we did go to the Guinness. Is it drastically different? No, it's not drastically different. It's just delicious and it's fucking everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> there's like yeah. a little mini Guinness town in some way. <laughs> like there's a school. I didn't quite wrap my brain what? around. What? Oh my gosh. But we went yeah. to the, we did do like a touristy bus thing in Dublin. We went to uh, the Guinness factory, which is I kind mean, of, it's like their Budweiser, right? Yeah. Like it's just everywhere. Like it's, right? it's, it's locally, literally locally brewed and, uh, and so the tour of that place was amazing. The bride had done it when she was a, you know, 20 or whatever, you know, however long that was, 20 years ago. So in her early 20s, and she said it was completely different. They had it like kind of organized like this big glass or pint glass that spiraled up and you could kind of touch the the ingredients a lot of times. And so uh, that was, was really good. And then you get like a free... Uh, pint of Guinness at the top and stuff like that. So it was. That's awesome. That was all really great. Um, the concert itself is the last thing I, I wanted to really tell you about. Um, was as, as the you would imagine incredible. Also, the the bride booked a hotel in walking distance of the venue. So by the right. time we were like getting back to our hotel, not everyone was even out of the stadium, which was incredible. It was so cool. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I recommend everyone marry the, her. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> mm. So, so we're there. Our, our seats were pretty far back for this one. As it yeah. turned out, uh, we were. I mean, she would get up at like four in the morning. I think it was like three or four nights she did this to to try to get tickets when they went on sale for the show, and then also for some for Cleveland. We were supposed to go to Cleveland. But anyway, we didn't get great tickets for this one. There was a problem with Ticketmaster. And and then as it turned out, uh, we were able to get like what they call red zone tickets, which is right like in the innermost circle yeah. for uh, the Minneapolis date that they only announced later. So I will get to see that right, right up close. But this is the first time I've seen it and was avoiding spoilers and stuff. I knew they were going to play the album, of course, but I didn't know right. much else. And um so right away, just in, so we're right, so we're not especially close. Um, Noel Gallagher and the, his high flying birds or whatever <laughs> opened. Yeah, uh, Noel Gallagher uh, who wrote all the songs for Oasis. Um, they played some Oasis songs, but I was especially 
impressed or I was like into that opening act. I was, I was like, I wanted to look up his most recent work based on this uh, set. So Ash that, just unusual. asked about them. They like one of their songs came on. Uh, we listen on XM uh, in lithium uh, Oasis comes on every now and then. And she's like, do they still hate each other? Um, so I, I'm assuming they do. Like, are I, they think still they do. I think they're not, uh, I think they're not speaking. And actually yeah. we noticed that there was an Oasis documentary or something on the plane. And we, we both watched it on the way back. It was really well done. It was called supersonic. And I think it's relatively recent. The whole okay. thing is like, it's only voices and then archival footage. Oh, and it focuses yeah. on their inception to, I think this, this like the biggest gig that had ever happened at, at that point in time, which was in maybe like 96. Um, but then, yeah, we fell down the rabbit hole of like what's happening with them. But right. So that was, uh, he was incredible. Um, awesome. And, uh, and so in front of us where, where this guy, he was like, I don't know, like he seemed like he could be right out of the office. He was like, kind of, he had bad teeth. He was English. Uh, so square <laughs> like i don't know yeah. how else to say it just like so dorky <laughs> and uh just like i can't even imitate it it's just he's just such a different like not that i'm not square but he has a such a different physicality than me i can't even but like kind of even buck tooth ish um, like austin powers kind of but like but if you yeah but, but more like he'd be on the office <laughs> like the british office okay yeah yeah, 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 and uh, and he was with his boss from work, <laughs> <That'd be laughs> awesome. whose name was David Brent, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, but no, his his boss was kind of cool, and he looked essentially like a combination of my brother-in-law and Phil Collins. <laughs> nice. So we called him Terry Phil Collins to each other, which is my brother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> And he had a thick Irish accent. And he was drunk, but like really gregarious drunk. Um, and I've just never been in a show where there's so much singing. Like yeah. everyone was shouting, singing so much that like I have no idea if Bono sounded good or bad. Oh um, wow! And How I, do you feel about that? Like what? Like did it um, enhance or take away, or like you're just kind of indifferent to it? I I generally. I am, yeah, I generally prefer to just like watch a show. I essentially shift my weight. <laughs> I don't really dance. <coughs> and I just enjoy it. So I don't really, yeah. when I've been to tons of shows, mostly smaller shows by myself. And I just, I don't really engage in that way. And I don't feel like bad about it. I'm like, oh, I wish I could be freaking out. That's just sort of how, how it is for me. Yeah. Now, the bride is usually pretty reserved. Um she doesn't like, she's not like, let's go out and dance. Or if we're at a wedding, she, she may or may not like dance. It's, uh, but at a U2 show, she, she has this thing where she's like, I was just, I don't give a fuck. Like I'm going to like, oh, I have a tweet. Um, let me find this tweet. She said, uh, the, the good, a good example of how she feels about that. But so for me, generally I don't sing along and stuff, but I know actually yeah. she likes me to sing along. So, she told me that one time or something. And so I try to do that for her a little bit, but also every, like the guy, especially the square guy in front of us turned around. He was singing along like, Oh yeah. Die. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That's just the, the vowel sounds of his voice. So yeah, like, no, I know. I totally get it. Have no name. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Make him sound like, uh, yeah, that's the uh, Goonies. <laughs> Sloth. Not, he's not yeah. sloth. I just trying to approximate his, tam yeah. his vocal timbre and uh, 
diction, but I've really done it injustice. But in any event, so he's singing a lot and he's like looking back at us. And um, so in some ways I was singing for him. I just think the bride says she goes reflecting on seeing you two live in Dublin. She goes, you know, the greatest thing about the show was there was no one standing next to me had more room to groove. (laughs) And I really did enjoy watching her dance. It was like this combination of sort of air drums and just like dancing. But it was like with utter abandon and joy. It was great. Uh, so, um, yeah, so they played. So I, I won't go through the entire set, but just to give you an idea, because, you know, part of it's just the album. Right. But they open with Sunday, Bloody Sunday. Then they go New Year's Day, Bad, Pride. And then from there, like this mammoth, the, the most high definition, like screen that's ever existed goes red and there's a Joshua tree and it starts where the streets have no name. And then they. Oh. Then, it was that was really moving. Uh, yeah, that whole thing. I mean, even just those. So so much of it's their early material, but um, so they they're kind of uh, the way that they've talked about it is they're trying to treat it as though the Joshua Tree just came out, and okay. the Joshua Tree is this meditation on America, the American idea, and so that's in trouble in a in a in a, in a new way, <laughs> like it was yeah. in the when they when it first came out. So they're kind of on fire, and they have all this social commentary in their, uh, in these videos that accompany every song on the album and, and most of the others. Um, when Where the Streets Have No Names started, or at a key moment, these three planes flew overhead, and they made the Irish flag with the smoke that came out of oh, them. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, and so I had my cell phone out, and I follow, I was able to follow. We were right in the center. So I followed it up, but I had this little bottle of wine in my right hand, like the travel oh, things yeah. they give you, completely forgot about it and just dumped it down the front of my chair. <laughs> uh, so that was interesting. <laughs> it was just like, I didn't even think about it and it was happening. I was like, oh, well. <laughs> it was red wine and it was like my favorite And shirt. then that, like, that British square is like, that fucking yank back there I just poured all that wine down in front of him while he's taking that picture. Well, and that wine was uh. meant to replace this entire Guinness that I spilled. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, just was an unfortunate thing. I had it before the show started in between my feet. And yeah. the guy, when Terry Phil Collins got up in front of me to let somebody buy. I, my feet got caught and the whole beer got spilled. But, oh, man. Um, so the, the last thing that I wanted to tell you about, and I know I've gone on forever, so I'm sorry. Uh, it was a lot of living in a short amount of time. No, man, you went to fucking Europe. That's not going <laughs> to, like, listen, that trumps uh, poor choice of words. That beats anything I'm going to have, I'm going to talk about. So uh, I don't know, but the, the, well, the, the Trump thing is a great segue, actually, because so they get to this song, Exit, um, which is a great, like slow burn just that erupts into this like rock jam on the it's an amazing song in the album great performance of rattle and hum so it goes the the the, there's a little like clip from a tv show i looked it up it's uh from a 1950s show called trackdown and in the clip uh from an episode called at the end of the world a con man named walter trump rides into a western town warning that he is the only one who can save the residents from disaster by building a wall I'm reading this from Salon.com. And he, and so one of the characters shouts, Trump, you're a liar. And then uh, then the screen goes dark and the band segues into the into the song. 
And it's a, it's a, it's the, it was the highlight of the concert, really. It was so badass, mm-hmm. and it was charged with that introduction. And then it gets to the end, and Bono puts on this, like, kind of, it's like a cowboy hat, but not exactly. It's got a more of a flat top and circular. Rock like, and really, roll doggy. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, exactly. Like that hat? Kind of. Like that hat? Yeah. It's not actually that hat, and I realized only recently what it is, and that's why I wanted to bring it up. And because he was saying something I couldn't quite make out, and he's like, "I'm gonna actually share this video on Twitter. Uh, if we had all the time in the world, we'd watch it together." Because the Trump thing and the whole thing is so amazing. There's a you know a multicam thing put together by fans online, but so people can see this. But towards the end, he's like talking into this camera, and it's creating this kind of collage of of images somehow of him. And he's like, put your hands on the screen. And he goes into this little preacher rant. Um, and towards the end, he's, he starts to go, well, no, I'll, I'll tell that in order. So what I, I loved at the time, I didn't realize how much I loved till I looked this up. What he, he was saying was some lines from this novel Wise Blood uh, by Flannery O'Connor that I read in a footnote somewhere influenced the Joshua Tree. So I read it in like 2004. I went on, eventually I ended up reading it again when I was in college, and I wrote a song called Wise Blood that's really just my my sort of retelling of the book in song form, and I even have an EP uh, like of remixes, some of which include sound bites from this great film version by John Huston. So I have a real affection for that book. And um, and then I was looking online, it's like, what is he saying in this, in this preacher rant? He's saying... F- lines from wise blood where he's kind of enacting that character in some ways who gets on the hood of a car and starts preaching of the church of jesus christ without christ (laughs) and uh, and he says he goes where you come from is gone where you were going ain't there and where you are is no good unless you can get away from it he's saying all these kind of crazy things But that is what Bono says, which I didn't know. And when I heard it and, and I realized like, oh, that's why he's got that kind of fucked up hat instead of like the uh, the the rock and roll doggy sort of rattle and hum Stetson. Uh, but that alone, I didn't know. It was just sort of impassioned and exciting at the time. And I realized recently that's what he's saying. I was like, oh, that's so cool. Like for me, <laughs> I don't know if anyone else cares. But then he starts to go and he gets really ramps up by going, Eeny, meeny, miny, mo, catch a tiger by its toe. He's going on and on about that. And then he starts to get into like, I'm the tiger. He's the tiger about the tiger. And I'm like, holy fucking shit. It's a laughing tiger. Yes. It's a fucking laughing tiger. Exactly. Because like that. God that, damn. That, that is zone. what he meant. That is exactly yeah. what he meant. Because it's all based on that William Blake thing that I drunkenly read in episode 26. That B- William Blake poem. And then, of course, the. Uh, then the, the, it's all about the Stilson character, but it, who is Trump? And it was just like, oh my god, my brain exploded. This so is just, fucking outrageous. <laughs> I know. So that's Jesus. really that's the culmination, really, of it. But obviously, Bono probably doesn't know about the dead zone, but he made that same connection to some extent about the the tiger. Um, and I'm I'm 100 certain of that because like their their album remember I was talking about again drunkenly in 26 Songs of Innocence is that's part A and B of William Blake's uh, poems and Songs of Experience their new album will soon be coming out. Uh, anyway, so that was that's that, awesome. That's Europe in a nutshell. I'm gonna do a little teaser. There was a time not too long ago where I was like bummed that I didn't have fr- the friends I wanted to have around me or. 
didn't see my old friends as much. Here I am talking to you, um, essentially because of the pre-recorded nature of this. I'm going to talk to you again tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, and pumps. <laughs> yeah. I Skyped with Jacko today, who saw you two uh, the, uh, over the weekend in Amsterdam. Awesome. Someday he'll have to tell this story for real. But here's what I'll tell you that was the end of summation of what he told me. He slapped Larry Mullen Jr. on the back. He told Anton Corbin how much he loved his work. He gave drunk Edge a drunken cheers. And he shook Bono's hand and said something to him about like America or whatever, while Bono had his hand on his heart and didn't get thrown out by security. What? Isn't that fucking nuts? I, that guy, <laughs> that guy. Uh, Isn't that crazy? You know, you know the most interesting <laughs> man in the world commercials? Like, that's fucking Jackson. Like, it that really like, is. Like the Dosa Keys guy, that's why I'm never impressed. Because I'm like, I already know that guy. That guy I already know Bono. that guy, and all of his stories will beat these because they're real. And yeah. that's that's Jackson. It is. Like So Fucking Jacko. He told Man. He told me that story today on Skype, and I just about I was just he told it. In just such epic Jacko fashion. And he kept yeah. saying, like, I was like, Bono's over there. Jacko, Jacko, Jacko. What are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> and you know he talks to himself like that. Like, it's just so great. I actually didn't because he's a very kind of, he's a sort of different guy in Europe. Like, he's this serious artist. And it yeah. was revealing to his partner, too, to see us spend time together. And he's like, we revert <laughs> to being idiots. And uh, she's like, you've made more jokes in these three days than you have in, like, in the last three weeks. Wow. Uh, but it was great to see him so dialed up and so excited about uh, that whole thing. And, of course, the story is, I mean, who meets Bono? <laughs> right. And he, right. he marched up to him eventually. So someday we'll have him on. He'll talk about it. I did tell him about the podcast, and I subscribed him on YouTube while I was sitting in his, apart his apartment. So <laughs> Awesome. That's great. Uh, <clears throat> that's so awesome. And if that, I mean, it, you know, of course he has a child. Uh, well, not he yet, will but he, having, he, will, he will. He will uh, be having a child. <laughs> but if that works out, that he can join us in in December, there, like, there's my little spoiler or my little tease. Um, yeah, we will definitely have to remember to have him tell that story because there will be people even that will want to hear it. Present. Oh, it's an so, incredible. I mean, just to hear him tell most any story is yeah. really fun. But that was an especially. Yeah. Uh, Amusing one. So that was way longer than I mean. I almost did an hour. And we should tweet out. Uh, we should tweet out this episode because we've we've talked about it already in one episode. Uh, but if you think about it, to grab that section of the cabin documentary about experiencing music, yes, so people I, get an I idea. couldn't find that in time before I left for for yeah, Europe. Thank you. Um, yeah. But but just because that's a really good I like that will let people understand what we're talking about with him storytelling, like. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good idea. So I know I have that someplace. I just couldn't get it together in time. So tweet Jacko. Yeah. Okay, uh, experience. Um, okay, so I did an hour on Europe, even though I said I wouldn't. No, I, no that's fine. That's totally okay. It's it's seriously not anything. I mean, like that. It's so awesome. Like it's such an amazing adventure that. I have no idea when I will ever get to do something like that. So um, I'm not saying I'll never get to do it because that that's just silly. I don't believe in never. Uh, but I don't know when. So that's just so awesome, man. Thanks, buddy. Um, so fly Delta, get 
you and 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 Ash get two seats next to each other. And we're flying first class to Disney. Are um, you really? Oh, I yeah. can't wait to hear about that. I I uh, I um well because part of it is because of the size thing. Like that you get good seats in in first class. Like you get normal size seats. Uh so I I I have no problems upgrading to the next class up whatever the plane is, like paying the extra money to upgrade. I never book it. Um and that's oh, probably just like a misconception, you know. Yeah. Um that you get it cheaper if you upgrade. I feel like you get it cheaper if you upgrade. That's probably not true, but I think if you search, I always feel like if cuz I've done a few where I initiate the search as a first class ticket cuz I know I'm just going to or like a business class ticket whatever cuz uh, most of the time if it's just like a little commuter plane, you know, they don't really have uh, first class, they just have like that business class or if you fly Allegiant like there is no first class, it's just a business class is like oh, the okay. better, like the better seats, you know? Um, so I, uh, but I feel like if I, if I search initially for that, it's like the tickets are outrageous. Um, but like Allegiant, like it's only like 40 bucks one way to upgrade to the next class, like to the highest class, you know? So that's not that bad. 80 bucks round trip to get a seat that fits me. The uh, I have more leg room. I'm actually comfortable for the flight. Like it's totally, it's worth it for that cost. Like if I was your size, I'd be like, "Fuck, put me on the tail of the plane." I don't care, <laughs> you know. Like, well, and I do. Um, like, I'm not, I'm not comfortable most. If I'm in the middle, it's unpleasant for the people, yeah. on either side of me. Yeah, and so, um, so we're we're flying first class because the plane is big, you know. Because they need, I mean, Florida, Vegas, like. Those planes, it, it's ridiculous how large those flight, the, the planes that they use for those flights, but it's just because it's a tourist destination, you know, like they want to get as many people into those destinations as possible. Yeah. So it's like gigantic planes. I mean, just so huge, which is another reason why you fly first class. Cause it's like, you're going to get off first. You don't have to wait for 800 oh, yeah. people to get off before you, yeah. you know, you get on first, you get off first. There so, you go. That's what um, she said. I don't know. No, man, that's so. <laughs> <laughs> that is what she said. But so what, yeah, no. What have that's awesome. what have you been? I mean, it's been literally almost a full calendar month since we spoke. What's been going on with you, just in general? Feel free to take an hour. <laughs> uh, um, nothing. I mean, nothing outrageous. So this, like I said, this month was kind of like a month off. So um, the fourth was kind of rough, just because. Oh, no, wait, that was July. The, That's what yeah. I remember about 28. Yeah. I, that was when the, I last spoke to you. You were pretty down, and um, somehow you were sort of deflated about your one-year anniversary of, uh, of of not smoking tobacco, and that was Oh, sad. yeah, <laughs> I forgot all about that, because, like, uh, Ash's brother really deflated me on it, and then it was on top of, uh, you know, like, the 4th of July was always a big holiday with my dad, yeah. so it was, like, the first 4th without him, and all that stuff, so... I feel like uh, in this last month, I've really, I don't know. I was in a, I, I, you, have you ever been in a funk so bad that you only know that you're, you were in a funk because you're coming out of it? I don't know. I mean, I, the, there's the joke in our house about emo Dave and emo Dave goes back yeah. to like being a teenager making the crow. So, um, yeah. I, I, I do think that I am very fortunate not to suffer thus far not everything from clinical depression yeah um 
that you have so much less control over of just then like hopefully reframing your thoughts. Um, so, I mean, I definitely get down, but um, yeah. I'm pretty determined not to stay I mean, <laughs> I've been on, I've been on antidepressants like three times in my life. Um, oh, so you have experienced the, the chemical sort of thing. I see, but I don't know. I mean, cause it's just, I, none of those prescriptions were written by a psychologist or a psychiatrist or whoever's allowed to write prescriptions that that is actually a counselor. Oh, uh, it's always been like my med- my family doctor who asked like five questions. Like the last doctor, the last time I was on antidepressants was my doctor here in Dayton, which this is why I haven't been to see him the last time uh, or since this last time. But he was like, uh, do you, you know, are you tired? Yeah. Uh, do you have trouble like concentrating on tasks? Yeah. Do you have trouble seeing tasks through in the end? Yeah. Uh, do you um, get overwhelmed with emotion sometimes or uh, have trouble just like seeing past like all the like trouble and stuff? Or I, I forget how he's like wording these questions. But in hindsight, like I'm listening, like I replayed all of these questions and I'm like, any normal healthy person who's like just dealing with something hard would be. Yeah. experiencing all of those things too yes, you know what i mean course, like yeah. and so and so then he but but like he asked like this series of questions He's like hey i got you're depressed you need an antidepressant and so um he says like a game show host. yeah I'm, and i'm that is there's no hyperbole on that really like, that's how he said it like that's how oh he said my it God, that's like, so odd yeah oh man and so he writes this prescription and then i do the follow-up and then i'm like you know here's the thing i'm 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 not on my A game. It's making me sleep a lot, and it, like I couldn't, the, I couldn't like have sex with Ash. Like it was like either I had no motivation to do that, or then if I did like want to, like shit didn't work the way it was supposed to. You know? Oh, no, that's a and that's and, and and it's not like well, I mean, shit. I've been so open about everything. I could get a boner, no problem, and we could be having sex. I'm sorry, that shouldn't be funny, but that is a funny sentence, no matter. Like I, like I, well, I want to clarify. Like I had no problems getting a boner, and we would like go at it forever. I mean, just I just could not finish. Like, like, and then it's like really bad blue balls because you what? Like your body wants to finish, and you've like done all the work to get you there, and it's like. Then she feels like fr- frustrated because I'm frustrated and we're trying to have a baby on top of it, you know, oh, and like man. trying to get yeah. pregnant and like, this isn't happening. And so, and then I go back to my doctor and I'm like, listen, you, I can't take this pill because oh. I like, it's contributing more to my anxiety now that I can't function for my wife. Like, and he's like, all right, well, let's try, let's try another one. I was like, I've done my research. That one has the same side effects. He's like, listen, they're all going to do that. I'm like, no, they're not. This one isn't, this one isn't, and this one isn't. He's like, he's like, yeah, but those ones are going to increase your blood pressure, raise your risk of having heart, a heart attack. And you said that you like the, the one I put you on is ramping you up already. Like you're just pouring sweat all the time. And I'm like, fuck. And so I come home and I'm just like, all right, let's just like, let's break this down for a second. And that's when I started thinking about like his, his diagnosis and like how he got there. And I'm just like, what normal person who's going through what I'm going through, what normal person wouldn't answer yes to those questions? Yeah. 
And if that's his only criteria, like, let's just wait a second. Like, let's. So then I per like I it, like I tapered. Please, if you're listening to this and you're taking medication, I do not have there is not any problem with you taking medication. I am a firm believer in being evaluated, being assessed by somebody who's trained to evaluate and assess those things. If you are on a medication that you you have a chemical imbalance in your head, please continue to take that medication. I had a shitty doctor who I have since tapered myself off of that medication. I haven't been on it for probably four months now. And I feel like in this last month, literally in the last three weeks since I've talked to you, I, I, I feel like I'm coming out of this funk finally, like this year long. I, I feel like I've been in a funk since I was in Minnesota to see, like, since after that, like, cause like right after that, it was when my dad's illness, like really ramped yeah, up. Yeah, You've had an incredibly difficult year. <laughs> and then my, like, you know, my career pretty much fell apart and, uh, I like left teaching and changed jobs to a job that is totally adequate and fine, but like not at all what I want to be doing, you know? So that doesn't help. And then it's like, a horrendous commute through traffic and construction that sucks every day. And so there's all that. Uh, uh, it, it just, um, but in, in these last three weeks, I really, I feel like my attitude is different than it has been in the last year, which has been awesome. And it's also helped me realize like, Oh my God, like you were really, you were in a dark place and thank God for this. Like, thank God for you in this podcast and moto and double D and, and Twinkie and, uh, you know, Mr. J and Shamrock and like all these people, because like really, uh, and, and Ash, especially my partner, but I mean, like, this has been a huge, I can't imagine what this year, this past year would have been like without this, you know, like, oh, that's, um, that's nice. I, so yeah, it's a, it's a, it is it's such a great thing. This, like I was saying before, like that, uh, feeling uh, like I, you know, that, that lack of something, and uh, of, of those irreplaceable old friendships in particular. And that's a lot of, I wrote an album about a few years ago when I was in that place, but then, uh, yeah, to be in this place where, like I said, to today, talking to you tomorrow, talking to you, pumps, Jacko, it's a yeah. twinkie. It's, it's, uh, and then, yeah, yeah like I, I have not met double D in, in the flesh, but no, no person I haven't met has ever been so supportive of me. So. I am. And listen, so, oh, all right. So, so let's, let's all right. So about me, um, yeah, I, about you. I, I am, uh, I, I want to get this because like, like the, really the biggest things that I want to talk about on this is like long walk, short drink developments and, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, which are all great stuff. Uh, but so, uh, I have thought, I have thought in the past, you know, uh, one of the things that had, that helped me get through my first year of not smoking was this show. Um, and part of that was, and I feel like I've said this on episodes before. And if I hadn't, I, I, I mean, it would be silly for me not to admit it that sometimes like some of those times where, where I would say like, if there were cigarettes in front of me, I would have smoked them. Like part of that though is like, I know smoke, I knew smoking stats was like going to be something we were going to come back to. And, um, I remember one episode where I was talking about how shitty of a time I was having. And, um, 
we just didn't get to smoking stats. And then like the next episode, you were talking about how like you were wondering if the smoking stats, if I was going to have to start back at zero, yeah. you know? Um, and I, you know, I, I feel like this show really helped me stay accountable to that goal. Uh, again, it's good to have goals, right? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. this happened to be a goal that, that panned out. Uh, um, yeah, that's very nice. So, to hear. um, I have since, so during whole 30, I, I, and I think I mentioned it on the show. I also joined through my insurance, it's like Weight Watchers Online. Do you remember? Did I, yeah, did I mention yeah. that before? I didn't remember okay. exactly the, the specifics, but I knew it was something through your work that was uh, a, a help. So, re, uh, Real Appeal is the name of the program, and it's it it that it, it is a that is essentially what it is. We meet once a week. They play a video, a half hour long video. You get a success kit, which has like a scale and a food scale and a and a tape measure to measure your waist and a personal blender to make smoothies and measuring cups and the and the portion plate and like exercise oh, wow. videos. And like, it's literally this big box. It's like this, it's like this big, you know, that's that pretty comes cool. Full of all this shit. Yeah. And it's like a 52 week long program. Like you're supposed to meet every week for 52 weeks hmm. and you start and you set a goal and like they're, they help you achieve that goal. And their app kind of sucks. I like my fitness pal and the Fitbit app better, but it does all of that stuff that those apps do. You can track your weight and your steps and, Blah, 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 blah. Your calories, all that stuff. Um, so I had done that. I started that over whole 30, and then that just kind of fell by the wayside. And then we decided to start it back over. And uh for this past month, I I I came to the realization, like I felt like I was eating, I was eating better than I had eaten in a long time. Uh the problem was I was just still you know, you have to find what's good for your body type, mm-hmm. you know, and like, and how your body's going to process food. And I was eating a lot of fruit that, and, and you know, if you already have a problem, if your body already has a problem storing carbs instead of burning carbs, which mine obviously does, uh, fruit's not, I mean, fruit's not the best choice, mm-hmm. you know, uh, cause it's going to store those carbs because fruit's just a lot of carbs. I, I, and so I had, I made a, a balanced l- breakfast and lunch and I've eaten the same breakfast and lunch every day for the last three weeks. Really? Do you like yeah. it? I mean, it's um, like a good one or it's like a, ugh. It, it's <laughs> like, uh, there, the, like week, week two, it, there was a little bit of like, uh, but I'm to the point now where it's part of the, part of the reason I've decided to do this is, um, I need to change my relationship with food. Hmm. Um, and I need to really, I need to think of food as fuel. Um, I need to not put as much of an emotional connection to food, which is all of this is like hard. It, it, it's hard to do. Um, it, you know, I know plenty of skinny people that have really unhealthy relationships with food, you know? Um, yeah, <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it, it, um, which is fine if I had the right body type, I guess. Uh, I don't. And so I need to change that idea. And so one of the things I'm trying to focus on is like food is just fuel. You know, um, I oversimplify that. Like my, my current philosophy is, is like really all we do is live to make more poop and pee. That's really, 
That's really all we're doing is making poop and pee. So. <laughs> so terrible. I know, is but that like, but you, you don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't because shit on like, if it's doing you're good. not. <laughs> I, I mean, no, it is terrible. And but if you think about it, though, that's really like it doesn't matter how good the good the food you eat is, it's going to turn into shit. Yeah, you know, you know, I think Moto has a similar philosophy. Actually, <laughs> like, I'm serious. <laughs> like, so it just needs to be fuel. Like that's you just need to. So, so my thinking is is let's treat breakfast and lunch as fuel, and then just kind of be mostly good for dinner. You know, that seems reasonable. And like, yeah. You know, if it's too ascetic, like, or I mean, like, if it's too restrictive, then it's like whole thirty awfulness. Like, you yes, gotta, uh, you yes. gotta enjoy life a little bit. <laughs> yeah, and so, um, you know, my breakfast is two hard boiled eggs, a yogurt, a V eight, a low sodium V eight, uh, coffee with half and half, and half an avocado. Right, and so then some good shit in there. Yeah. Tasty shit. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, tasty fuel <laughs> that turns <yeah>. into shit. <laughs> yeah. It turns into shit, right? And all, all of that's going to turn into shit. It doesn't matter. I like to think uh, about some of it. Like, I don't do this. I haven't thought this is actually going to help me reframe this for myself. But when you talk about the fuel, I like to think about the idea that it, like, it fuels like I see some stuff on the board over your shoulder. Obviously, you've been like, creative and on fire oh. for the show but like that's that stuff comes from fuel that, that, that you get yep. from food so i mean i that's the yep. thing in between the 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 shit. yeah <laughs> anyway but at, whatever at, works for you though. your world revolves around pissing and shitting whether oh, or not you yes, want to admit it especially like, please yes <laughs> so that's all we're really living for all you're living to do is make more piss and shit <laughs> no way those are literally pit stops uh, no, the, the, no, the railroad of life. You just said your life revolves around it, right? I know, your we life, have to life make revolves the pit around. Stops, but then you yeah. get back on, like fucking cold trickle and, and days of thunder, and you go around the track. I say, no, man, nope. Yes. It's like all you're doing is making piss and shit. Like this is the same argument I had. Barter this is salad. the experiment. This is the experiment that I went because like, uh, Ash cracks me up. Like Ash's parents. Hang on, I should probably like so because I want to make sure I can tell this story before. Okay, I, hang on. Hey, babe, can I tell them about the million more people thing? Are you sure? Okay. <laughs> so, so, um, I am a picker. I'm, I'm, I am a self-admitted picker. I like to pick on people and I'm bad about it. And, and I am, I, I have gotten a lot better than I used to be. I used to be really bad about driving a joke into the ground and not realizing I was driving the joke into the ground. You know, I, I want to think that most people that do that don't know that they're doing it. So if they, if, if you know somebody First off, if you don't, if you've never, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you're that person that runs jokes in the. Oh ground. no, I you think know I must be. <laughs> Can you explain it for those of us who are that uh, person? You know, <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, I just thought of this the other day. Like I, this do I used to know this person who had a dog that if you said Chuck, like 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 a uh, woodchuck, mm -hmm. it would hunt them. Like it hunted woodchuck, and if you said Chuck, it would look all over for it. 
So anytime this dog was around, I would just keep saying, Chuck, 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 Chuck. <laughs> just like making it look because I was entertained at this dog looking for it. Yeah. But I realized now as an adult, like if I if I would have owned that dog, I would have been like, fuck that guy. Like he keeps <laughs> yeah. just teasing my like, like I get it the first couple times, but man, let it go, you know? Right. Um, so I'm like that. So I'm a picker. And Ash is my partner. So of course I'm gonna pick on her. Uh, so <laughs> got a real glint um, in your eyes is there <laughs> yeah I, I mean you just have like and part of being a good picker is you just know you know what buttons to push right <laughs> uh, so Ash's parents did like they are amazing I you know like no matter how fed up I act sometimes with her mom and how much I seem to like you know really envy her or you know like Respect, I, and I do like monumentally respect both of them. They raised seven kids oh my God. to all be independent, free thinkers. And, and really, the only unifying thing or the greatest unifying thing between all of them is that they are all, they're all related. Mm-hmm. They're all like, I, 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 I'm just going to, like, I'm going to use a fake last name and say their last name is Smith. All right. So, they're all Smiths. Do you know what I mean? Smith. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like it. But they're like, like that's their unifier. Like if anything, if at the end of the day, they can always come together on that. And then, you know, there's nine people in this family and they're trying to raise seven kids. And I like I, my mom had tried to raise two kids and like it was strapped. I can't imagine what that was like. And so to avoid, I think like they, they created this amazing self defense of it's like, well, we're Smiths and our shit, not our shit don't stink, but like we're, we are better because we are Smiths. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. Th- does that like, does that make sense? I like, can see it, how I don't that would be not like a shitty thing, but it's just sort of a unified like yeah, defense absolutely. mechanism. Like, like we're Smiths, you know what I mean? Like yeah, that, like, absolutely. like that. Right. Um, so I started this thing. I, I, I just happened to say this the other day and it like really, cause one of my, one of, so one of the things that I really take to heart is any idea that you have, at least a hundred other people have had that idea. Right. So that's why you have to act on it because there's a hundred other people already that you're competing with. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, um, I, I just took that by extension. And so, um, like she said, she, she said something and I was like, like, let's just say I like for sake of argument, like, let's just say like, I look at how perfectly I peeled this apple and I just happened to look at her and I was like, there's at least a million other people in this planet that would have peeled that apple better than you. (laughs) (laughs) And, And she's like, she's like, whatever. Shut up. I'm like, babe. Like, let's just break the sheer statistics down. There's 7.1 billion people on this planet. At least a million of them are better than you at peeling that apple than you could ever hope to be. And like, and you could just see it like we're like the sheer number is just like, you son of a bitch. Like, she just has that look on her face like, you motherfucker. Like, why would you say that to me? You know? So, uh, so long story short, too late. Um, I 
in these last three weeks, I have been eating the same breakfast and lunch and then trying to like be good about my dinners. We restarted the real appeal and Ash and I have been doing it together, um, which has helped. Um, but I, I came to this realization in the last, I've been really ramped up in the last week on long walk, short drink stuff, which I think like, this is a good segue. Cause it's just going to come like all that long walk, short drink stuff will come out and then we can end on a little bit of King talk and then we'll wrap it for the day. Yeah. Um, so, um, I really ramped up on long walk, short drink stuff just because we had a staff meeting, like right before we went on hiatus. And I feel like there was stuff I was supposed to do. And then I realized in the last week, you didn't, we've had three weeks off and you didn't do any of the things that you said you were going to do. So I was trying to ramp up and just get all of this stuff done. Um, but in the meantime, because I've been really trying to be careful, I realized I thought about in the last week, like I, I've kind of, I've reached a milestone with smoking stats. Like if I were to bring those up right now, um, I have not been a smoker for one year, 28 days, 12 hours and 35 minutes. So almost, almost one year and one month. I've not smoked 6,689 cigarettes and I've saved over $2,000. Nice. Yeah. So, I mean, that's really cool, but it's like, I feel like, okay, what's next? You know what I mean? (laughs) Like I hit the year mark. I hit a year mark on not smoking. And I know that that's a big I'm not trying to belittle that. I like how fucking like, cause our listeners are going to be like, okay, from episode 28, you're bitching about how like, you don't even get to really enjoy your one year anniversary. And now on episode 29, you're talking about like, what's next? Fuck that. We hit a year. What's not oh, like, I just but, think that's like, amazing. Like I would just want to like, take it easy. No. <laughs> so I'm like, I mean, there's, you can always do better. That's like, that's always true. I, 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 that is another one that I always believe in. You can always do better. That's a, that's a brief, uh, it's not even a story, but that's just a, a truism that the bride, or, or that's a thing in our house. The bride said to me one of those times when I was being emo Dave or whatever years ago, she's just like, get it together and do it better. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's like, I wrote that yep. on a, like a post-it or something and put it on the wall. And that's kind of a mantra at times. Yep. Yep. So you can always do better. And so. I was like, and if I was a listener, we're coming up on 30 episodes and like we, that was, that spans almost a year of time and heard about all these smoking stats and everything. And, and I like, I like the smoking stats too, because it, if anything that regardless of when you join long, long walk, short drink for those first like 20, well now 29 episodes. Those are like you can use those to actually gauge the time span of those episodes, oh, how they yeah, occurred in yeah. re- in the real world, right? Like mm-hmm. if you were a fanatic like Double D and like wanted to look at those like details, I would be that like way, that, <laughs> you know, I, right? I mean, I am and, that way about this show, but I would be that way about other shows. <clears throat> yeah. So, um, but I was like, okay, so now now what can we do? And uh, I'm I mean, like the weight loss. So this kind of like all merged together where the weight loss thing was kind of happening on its own. And, um, in my experience in quitting smoking, I, I'm realizing that a lot of the same tools and mindsets I need to have, because I'm, I'm still dealing with addiction. Like that's this, just this time it's food addiction. Uh, yeah. So, um, I like looking at that and, uh, 
I'm just like, you know, this is maybe this is the next thing. I bring these two things together. So instead of smoking stats, I, I, I really think now it's going to move towards um, health stats, you oh, know? And so, yeah. um, we, you know, we can, we can do the smoking thing still if that happens to come up or if somebody's curious about that. Um, but I really think the new count is going to be, um, I, I'm not sure if I want to do the weight loss thing because I, I do believe that it, that like it is healthy for that to like, it shouldn't, yes, I should be losing on average over time. Um, but I also don't want to get discouraged if one week I don't lose as much or maybe I gain a little, you know? Yeah. Um, that was the one thing when you mentioned it to me off air, I was yeah. thinking, it's like, I will support you no matter what, but I, I'm glad to hear you say that. Cause I think, yeah. It, for in order for something like that to be successful, I don't know that it can be so uh, mathematical. Yeah, uh, in terms of at least emotionally, like that would. That oh would no, one hundred percent. Like I, um, it, you know, I, I have consistently lost over the last. I I've I've lost a little every week since we started Real Appeal this last time. Um, or since I really got serious with it was, was probably over the last, really over the last like three or four weeks, but I've lost every week since then. I'm almost to the point, like I, I want the week where I have gained a little, or I don't lose at all just because the longer it takes for that to come, the harder it's going to be to cope with it, like to, for it not to affect me. You know what I mean? Like, um, cause every week that I go where I've lost a little more, I've said, it makes it stronger like oh well this is what it's going to happen every week you know like it, it it's another it's another like case against like well this is how it should be every week which i don't believe it should be i think it you know if i'm going to enjoy life which i still want to do i you know like disney i'm going to consume a month's worth of calories while i'm <laughs> yeah. at disney yeah you know what like I mean? What week, right? <laughs> yeah, like As it for be. in one week, and and that that's gonna happen. And and I hope I gain some weight while I'm down there. Like that's because that is what I should do. You know, I should enjoy it. But but then that's good practice to come back and reacclimate myself to my my healthier lifestyle. That's what makes it a treat. You know. Yeah, so, yeah. um, I just like the accountability portion of it. So. I have, I have lost 20 pounds, like over 20 pounds. Um, that is, a, is uh, that seems like an awful lot to me. That seems super impressive. How does that feel? To yeah. You? Um, when you're, I mean, when you already are this big 20, like Ash gets so frustrated. She's like, you didn't do anything, but cut out soda and you could lose 20 pounds. <laughs> and, but it's like, yeah, but I still weigh 440 pounds. Like Awesome. It's awesome. Again, I don't want to belittle it. But like she gets discouraged because I, I keep losing and she's like not losing as fast as me. And it's like, would you like, okay, I lost 20 pounds. Would you want to weigh 440? You know, oh, like, yeah. of course not. You don't want to be as big. Like it's, it's all proportional. Like I, if I just curb, if I just went down to 2000 calories a day, I, I bet I'm, I, if I could just stick to that, eventually I would be down to 300 pounds. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like just because like that's portion, but if eventually I'll hit a plateau and then that's where I need to like step it up. So 
I just like the idea of that being a forefront of conversation because I know it did help me with smoking and potentially might help me with weight loss. And yeah. if it, you know, if it ends up like where it starts to be a problem, like we'll have that conversation off air, I guess, and it'll just like fade out or whatever. But, sure. um, you know, as of right now, I kind of like it. And we find that, the right, uh, re- just like the rest of the show, we find a way to make it organic and healthy. Uh, most of the time when we're talking about that on this show, it has to do with sort of our emotional lives or the hours in the day or whatever. But but I do think that's a, an important element of this is finding the right the right way to do it to where it's motivating for you, but also... Right. Yeah, like always a force for good and not not you know exactly. you, you did the most extreme thing with that whole 30 and uh that was intense and you shared all that with us which is incredible but that's not the kind of it's not especially a sustainable. no i don't want that again i don't want that again and I, I mean i myself have been um this last year for the first time I mean, i've tried various things to whatever as my metabolism has changed over the years but i've tried always like to radical things because the one time in my adult life i lost a lot of weight it was in a radical situation so right um None, and none of that sort of work. And I have sort of high cholesterol and these kind of things. So for the first time this year, I was like getting tested for levels and getting certain things sorted out, getting my butt cut off and various. Um, yeah. But the whole thing was to try the more conventional, you know, doctor recommended balanced diet methods and um, sort of, I, so I do exercise, but it's not like I, I can't, find it in me to like make time to go to the gym i think i've right. talked about this before so so i haven't got these levels tests and stuff but i have been making an effort i essentially eat the same breakfast and lunch i've been doing that for a really long time actually um and i don't mind at all and then i, I yeah. actually you know come to think of it i try to do exactly what you're talking about um and then dinner it's like i tried to be good and most of the times i i am yep or or maybe i don't know how many days out of a week but so i guess what i'm getting at is that um I've been trying to find a way to do like integrate it into my life in a more, in a really sustainable way that the goal being health. Like for me, I understand I've done these types of things or tried certain things. I've tried all kinds of things. And I realized that in order for me to truly transform the way that my body looks, I would have to make it the central focus of my life. And I'm just not going to do that. So yeah, which I'm not going to do either. And I think part of that is I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm way different than um, a lot of people who want to lose weight in the sense that I have been, I weighed 200 pounds in third grade. I I have been big literally my entire life. I don't know any different. I don't know anything else. I've never, and I've never let my weight stand in the way of what I've wanted to do. You know, if I, want to climb mountains or I want to go hiking or I want to go swim out in the ocean or I've, I've always gone in and done it. Um, two big motivators right now to make this change. One is <clears throat> I know that this lifestyle is not sustainable. I I've probably already done irreparable damage to my body that I will have to pay for eventually some point in my life. Uh, two, and both my parents died, you know, so like, so I, I, I need to be cognizant of that. The other piece is like kids. I want to like, we want to have kids and I want to be able to keep up with them. Um, the, so there's that piece of it. And then the other piece of it is 
my weight, I've never let my weight get in the way of me doing what I've wanted to do in my life. But I have noticed in the last two to three years that my my body just doesn't. I mean, you had to get your butt cut out. That's how old we are nowadays. <laughs> I know. Like, they, I where know. that's like, like that's this is what we're looking that at. That could be something that we have to do is get our butt cut out, or <laughs> you know, like yeah, I walk, I, I walk too much, and my knees hurt the next day, like bad hurt, like uh, you know, like. Yeah. Or, um, you know, I, I deal with my back being tight in the morning because my bed sucks, you mm-hmm. know, like, and that shit you've never, like, we never had to do. And I've just noticed that that has accelerated so much in the last couple years. And it's a direct result of how much I weigh, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I, I, I wanted that, like, all of those are good reasons to change, of course. And I, and I just can't. I mean, I just can't keep living this lifestyle like this. It's going to catch up to me eventually, you know, yeah. and I'm and I'm not going to get any warning like that's going to be the other piece of it is like, you know, I'm not going to get that like, oh, well, this is your this is your wake up call. You know, like I weigh 460 pounds. It, I'm not going to it's not like I'm going to get a warning heart attack when it comes. It's going to be the like it's going to be the heart attack when it comes, mm. you know, so. I just don't want to do that. I want I want to be as proactive as I can. So well, it sounds like this, uh, I can kind of uh, kind of join you. In particular, yeah. I, I I'm not going to put. Uh, I, I'm trying to keep my own sort of healthy boundaries on things as well. But yeah. especially uh, at least in terms of I, I guess what, what am I getting at? I think that it'll actually be nicely motivating for me as well to to uh, to remind me because there's similar goals, uh, a different sort of um, you know whatever. Uh, starting point, I guess. I'm not necessarily trying to lose weight. I'm trying to stay healthy, yeah. stay alive, and and not have a heart attack as well because that's a big thing in my family. Um, so yeah. Uh, yeah, it's something we can talk about together. And that's, I mean, I say the weight thing. I think that's just going to be I, and this is something healthy that I I I think this is as healthy of an outlook as you can have on weight loss. Get healthy and let the weight loss be the byproduct of that those changes you know what i mean absolutely Um, that's that's what i've been thinking for the first time in my life this last year and it's uh it's it's a shift you know it's a different you know that was a shift for me the idea like okay i'll do these things hopefully it will make me more healthy and we'll test my levels in six months or whatever but you're probably not gonna let i'm I'm saying to myself like you're not going to look different (laughs) you're just right hopefully going to be more healthy but I think though it's like especially if you're a big person, you know, big like I am, walking every day, eating right, not spending the entire evening in front of the television, anybody, any person is going to benefit from that. And if and if that is if you do those little things, you're go, like and just be patient. I my real motivator on this um, I, I wish I would have even written the woman's name down, but it was just happened to be this woman on the Today Show who she just looked at it as she, like she didn't say it in these words, but this is how I equated it is like she lost weight her all of her weight. She went from like 300 plus pounds down to like, you know, under 140 pounds. And she lost her weight all in like two pounds at a time where it was like oh. the current pound that she lost and the next pound that she lost. She said, I would get on the scale and I'd be like, okay, you lost a pound. Now lose one more. Like just lose just one more, you know? 
Yeah. And then and then she would work until she lost that one pound. And then she'd say, okay, now, like, you lost that one. Can you lose one more? And uh, and that's just the idea that, like, so I guess that, that does have, like, a, a definite focus on the weight loss. But it's more, it is more the health. It's just that that weight loss part is going to come. It's just a natural byproduct. It's not natural. And, and like the other piece of it too is like, it's not natural to look like, you know, to, six pack abs are not natural. Like those, those aren't naturally occurring. You know no. what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, I like those are as unnatural as my gigantic belly, you know, like the, and both of those took a lot of work to get. I just <laughs> That's want, interesting. I, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right, yeah. I just want that, like, I want that middle ground. That's what I want. So, uh, yeah. But, so that was, like, one piece. And I and I thought, like, how, uh, I I really have, I, I feel like I keep long walk, short drink. Maybe it is part of, I don't know. It just means so much to me. So it's always on my mind. You know, it's always on. And I'm always thinking, like, what can we be doing better and different? You know, like how and I and I think that that grew out of those first like nine episodes where it was so it was it was like the um, watching a plant, a seed come out of the soil. You mm -hmm. know, like we we grew it, and it was really organic. And um, it, but I this mentality has stemmed from that where it's just like, what's the next thing? Like what? But this isn't, and as amazing as Long Walk Short Drink is right now, I always feel like like we're on a stepping stone to the next, like the next level of what we're doing, you know? Um, and I feel like we're on that precipice and this, this last week really was awesome. So there's that, like the shift towards healthy stats instead of smoking stats. Yeah. Um, we finally, I think we solidified the... Um, long walk, short drink, staff retreat for December. <laughs> yeah, like, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I think that that's happening. And uh, that is, I remember getting the idea for that. And it was the middle of the night and me, it just like popping into my head, like just as I was about to fall asleep. And I remember sending the texts out, like, this is what we should do. And, uh, Man, is that awesome. It's so great that that's all coming together. So just while so you were, I got a text while you were doing that and it just said, not much more to say, smiley face. And it's from Moto. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that must accompany some media. And it's like a minute and a half from American Ninja. Like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Uh, I think he gets L Ray Network. Do you know what that is? The L Ray Network. Yeah, yeah, that's um. Do you um, get that? No, you don't. Uh, no. Have if you have Sling TV, that's on Sling TV. Oh though. man, that's that's Robert Rodriguez's network, and I swear yeah. I'll go through it, and it's just like, oh, I want to watch that. I want to watch that. I want to watch yep. that. Yep. Um, actually, America Ninja Warrior is how Moto got the nickname Moto. Of course, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, Cause he, I, 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 well, I would love. Oh man, that song is like so perfect and just like it's so, it's so good. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Moto.
It's so um, much more fun because um, Moto was like, he wasn't like a skinny kid growing up. He was always built like a brick shit house. Yeah. But now he has a little bit more meat on him than he, than he maybe did 10 years ago. So it's yeah. so much more fun. Like he'll, he, he likes to make jokes like Kung Fu Panda. Cause he loves, uh, he still <laughs> loves, um, What's the uh, uh I can't think of mixed martial arts and yeah. uh, so he he's always like like showing me little things and just like how you doing? <laughs> so he can still move. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. not for nothing. This is another super short aside, but we were doing this thing in Amsterdam and I had oh yes, there was like tickets to something something small, a little arts thing, and the bride was like. She made Jackson do a trick for one, and then he's like, what are you going to make uh, Dave do? And she's like, kick as high as you can. And I have been recently stretching. <laughs> and awesome. trying to Like, I've been trying, not get in shape, but like, I've been getting back to doing things like pull-ups and whatnot, and I miss yeah. being able to throw my legs around. So while we watch TV, I try to make a point of stretching for a few minutes. So I was able to do it. I like tossed up like a crest kick up by her head. I was shocked. Oh, I'm like, oh my that's God. That's awesome. Was yeah. a, I was a little Kung Fu Panda as well. Oh, that's anyway, spectacular. So, yeah, Moto Moto. Well, I, I would love Moto to tell the, like, I mean, because Moto would, would probably be able to explain this better, but in the second run of WPLMR, I, you know, he was on that show. Like, he was a member, a cast member on that show. Not a cast member, but a staff member of that show and uh, was on all the episodes of that second run. But at the time, his group of friends that he hung out with outside of that show, I mean, because like I met him through you, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Um, but his group of friends, that was a rate. That's a like they they made American Ninja Warrior stuff and then would hang out and eat cake and drink beer and play poker and then do like see there was this whole garage set, set up that was all like. They had all they had the finger wall stuff that you had to do and like all and they would like practice that like it was like just just for shits and giggles. And I'm and so uh, Moto was like my Japanese take, like, you know, uh, towards that, like the like Hello Moto is what that like that. Hello Moto. But yeah, we should we should get into that sometime. Uh, yeah. I know he, owe, well, he and I both owe you Swiss Army Men uh, or something in return for Cyborg. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, I was just thinking, uh, like, Moto never really had, like, an introduction, introductory episode. Yeah. Um, so it may be That's a little true. late for that, but there's certainly time to, like, introduce. Uh, you know, I would love a whole, like, Tommy Maplewood episode of <laughs> just, like, where we just, like, yeah. delve into the... I would love to talk about So I Punched Him. Oh, he's done. Uh, there's, yeah, I mean, the, we still like, do to some extent when I get together with my nuclear, George W. Bush ruined that word for me. Am I saying that right? Nuclear is the wrong way. Nuclear is the right way. Family. Yeah. Uh, usually it evol devo evolves or devolves into moto stories at a certain point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's uh, so I, many of them. There's just so many good ones and just like, I like he's such a, Moto is like one of the most sincere people I've ever met in my entire life and just like so polite and just so awesome. But I have this innate fear of him in the back of my head <laughs> like that it's just like because you're just you know what he's capable of, you know, and it's just like I just want to be like I want to be there to see it. I don't want to be there to receive it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> um, we oh should, man, uh, I love that kid. We should I figure out a way kid. to do, do it like uh. Not enter the moto, return of the moto. Yeah. There's got to be a way. We'll find a way. 
But <laughs> okay, sorry. Hope, so we were. You, I hope. I hope. I love them. I, I. I like them big. I like them plumpy. Has been playing in the background this whole Moto talk. <laughs> like I yeah. like. Um. So. All right. So let's talk about some cool other long walk short drink developments. So first off. Twinkie is officially staffed. Don't you fucking call uh, me Twinkie. The seat Twinkie. is always open for Twinkie. So Twinkie, if you're hearing this, you are. I know we had this conversation the, like one of the last times we were on and you're not able to make it every Wednesday and we don't always record on Wednesdays. <laughs> um, so just know the seat is always open and you if are you officially staffed. So again, we're done. Uh, right now it is looking like all of Long Walk Short Drink staff from Colorado, Minnesota, and Ohio are meeting in uh des moines, des moines. iowa yeah. fucking des moines uh to see the star the new star wars movie in december and record a reaction to it like an episode of the show in person which is just so exciting and uh like like double d and i were we talked for about an hour and a half yesterday just about projects that we're going to work on for the show um i i feel like my i feel like my duty like my role right now which i am totally okay with i love doing this is like kind of like the show secretary almost like just kind of <laughs> keeping just kind of keeping things organized and on track like the outside the peripheral stuff you know like you and moto have like all the editing and the technical aspect of the show um and i know there was a period where i was really struggling to find my place in that and i feel like this is what it's evolving to and this is awesome so um well let's not forget the uh Easily, I mean, at least fifty percent of the of this show itself. Like, there would just wouldn't be a show. I know what you mean. Uh, like, there are outside off mic duties, but yeah. Like the, um, but yeah. this part, like, I I think because this part is like so fun. I don't count this part as like effort. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I, I know like, what you mean. I don't feel that way either. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like this, like, but but for all of this to get out to people does take effort. You know. And then, and then it's always like, well, how can we do it better? Like, how, what, what can we improve? Because you can always improve, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, um, so that's happening. That's really big. Um, I started talking to Double D. That's what's behind me. I got rid of the, uh, the. Yeah, um, this is the first uh, time in ages we haven't been talking about the dead zone. Some, I mean, yeah. I know we didn't on twenty eight, but that feels so long ago. I know for the listeners, uh, it was recent. So, the, like, I got rid of the dead zone stuff, and this is. Um, this is our web plan, like our web development Ooh. plan. Uh, so we have three phases right now. Phase one is getting ready to start. Uh, we're we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna so start exciting. working Are you on tweet that. This board or, or uh, um, I I don't know. I'll send you a copy of this. I don't know if I want to tweet it yet, just because um, I'm sure there's gonna be some rearranging and stuff. But yeah, yeah. Uh, we're there's a lot on there. All right, tell me about it. We are building an empire. That's what's happening. Yep. Yep. Just like that. So, um, the, I, there, so phase one is just all about long walk, short drink, essentially. Um, and all that is, is really getting a, a page going, uh, that has, Maybe a link to our uh, the first version of our store for merchandise. Um, we're going to update the branding that so it discusses like when episodes get launched and when episodes and when uh, recording sessions happen for the live broadcasts. <coughs> um, 
We also want to be able, like, that main page that people come to would have, like, the current episode would be available right there on that page. Oh, yeah. Uh, places for them to subscribe, places for them to see past episodes or get to past episodes. Um, an about us slash contact page, uh, which I cannot wait to see the bio that some of our staff members put together for the about us page. Like it's going to be so self-identified. Uh... Yeah. No. Oh man. Yeah. Like there's going to be like a Modo page and a, like a Twinkie page and a double D page and they can be anything. Um, Very interesting. Contact us. Uh, and then like the, a Twitter feed somewhere in there. That's kind of just phase one. It's just like really simple. Just a simple web page, probably just one, like a couple sub pages but everything's kind of on that main page. What I was thinking with that was using one of those for this initial phase while I learn HTML and, and all that stuff to build like the actual website that we want, which would launch with phase two. Oh, wow. Um, as we start to build our empire. So there, here are some things that I'm thinking for this phase two. This is where the empire starts to spread out a little bit. <laughs> uh, so expecting you. <laughs> <laughs> A fully functional <laughs> space station. Fully operational. We should um, efforts. Sorry. So <laughs> phase two, lines. like some here's some of the things that I'm thinking for phase two. These some of these you will know about. So double D's project, I would like see that being in there in some where um there would just like just broken down by episode all the things we talk about and everything. Um, a request form for people to like request us to either see a movie and talk about it or talk about a particular topic or to get our take on it or whatever, um, or bits or, you know, themed episodes or whatever, where a listener could fill out that form and it would automatically filter into a web sheet for us or a, um, a spreadsheet that we could then like so if we're stuck ever stuck for an idea we could just go to that oh yeah do that you know mr j did a request recently oh really yeah he wants to do uh so he sent me his parents got him a jim croce album that he already had and he sent it he he asked me if i knew of that singer or whatever and he sent it to me and uh and I got it and listened to it, and I liked I liked it way more than I thought it would. I don't know like a better way to say that other than yeah, that's that uh, sound... bad bad Leroy Brown guy, right? Yeah, like that's like... what I thought. So I thought like I was like, oh, that's that guy. But I, I did yeah. actually really appreciate the the album, and uh, and he was like, oh, I'd love to do a show on singer songwriters and folk singers, and he's awesome. like, I will do this singer and this singer. I was like, all right, <laughs> oh, that's spectacular. So there you yeah, go. we have our first yeah. submission. Absolutely, um, shows in the pipe. Which would be like our list of like all the things that we were like, oh, we should do a show on this, like a show on singer songwriters that would go on that list. Yeah. But then have a voting system for fans. Oh, very cool. To like kind of rank those. So like, again, if we were stuck, we'd be like, well, the fans say they want to see this. So then we go we see prioritize. that. Prioritize. Yeah. Um, now we are starting to get into the experimental stage of phase two. And this is how it starts to become an empire. <laughs> I'm going to uh, I'm going to start blogging slash vlogging. Oh, I like this. My my health journey. Yeah, like that's going to be tied to my health journey, which will be housed under the Long Walk Short Drink Network. Like nice. the like, so the blog is going to be the my blog slash vlog 
could is going to be named something totally different, but it's all housed under the long lock short drink umbrella. Ah, right. I like it. Um, another idea that I had for that would be, um, so, uh, double D sent me or called me out of the blue months ago. This is probably like three months ago. And, uh, he's like, do you have some time to talk? And I was like, absolutely. And it's not unheard of for him to just be like, Oh, can you talk? Uh, and we just talk about whatever. And so I'm like, yeah, sure. Absolutely. So, uh, we're talking and, or I pick up the phone and he's like, so I watched big trouble in little China. I remember when like, that happened. Yeah. And I'm I like, didn't Oh think yeah. He was going to like it. And when he yeah. did, I was like, that's karate in the garage. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. If you come to that movie at that point in your life and you love it, yep. I love you. <laughs> so I had this idea of, I mean that's that was the birth of his of his project and I don't want to I don't want to spoil that. I really want him to present that. But I thought what we could one thing that we could do like a quick easy one-off piece that could fit into this long walk short drink umbrella is that if he decides to experience something we just have a conversation like the conversation that we had over the phone about Big Trouble in Little China have that on a Google Hangout that we just put on our YouTube page. Like, oh, it yeah. doesn't even get it doesn't even get put out as a podcast episode. It just goes on our YouTube page, and it's just right now the working title for that is the Double D Palmer Train. Fuck um, yeah! So <laughs> I would get on that train. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And just like a short conversation about his reaction at like experiencing it as an adult, because most of the stuff that's on that list, we have some nostalgic connection to it. You know, yeah, it's not yeah. like we just, I mean, we, there are things that are new that we experience, but a lot of the stuff is like, it means something to us then to get this. It, it, he would basically be the proxy for long walk, short drink, where he would be like, whatever we talked about that he experienced, he would be giving his reaction to it. Now yeah. as an adult, as a grown man, I do a little bit of that. I can appreciate that extra a, cause it's double D and to the tie of the show and you, but I, I, so much stuff has gotten by me over the years, Stephen King among them that yeah. uh, I'm encountering yeah. things that most people have seen ages and ages ago. So yeah. not, not, I'm not uh, saying I should get in on that, but like, I love the idea all the more because it, I, it's something I relate to that. Like I'm on board that train. So, so my blog slash vlog the Double D Palmer Train, and then this is the third one, the Dave and Moto Nine Inch Nails podcast. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Which, again, doesn't have to be anything outrageous. Just, like, do 45 minutes every couple of weeks about Nine Inch Nails and just you and you and Moto just talking about how awesome Trent Reznor is. That'd be amazing. That'd be easy. <laughs> easy, right? Like, that's what we and, talk about and anyway. Then, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> but then by the end of that, now we are an empire. You know what I mean? Like we... Oh, yeah. They're in a way, they're like different shows, kind of. Yeah. Like they're a network. <laughs> yeah. So like phase three has plenty of room, but that's store 2.0. And that's where we finally, like we are, we're, we're, we're commissioning the merchandise and we're handling like all the distribution and stuff. Store 1.0 is like those kind of stores where like the, like, on-demand um, merchandise where you give them like all your artwork and they have everything from um, coffee mugs to shot glasses to t-shirts 
that that branding would fit on all of those things like they're like scalable vector graphics that they oh, could yeah. put that on anything and so your listeners or customers go to that web store and they see just generic versions of all those things and if they if only two people or coffee mugs that month they only print two coffee mugs um oh, and then okay. you get and then you get a kickback for every piece that's sold so it's i mean Store 1.0, we're not going to make any money on. Like, it's going to be... And this isn't to make money. I mean, like, I need to be careful about that. But, like, we would essentially be directing traffic to somebody else, and we would be getting a kickback for anything that happens, just like we would for audibles, right? Sure. And we get... Um, there gets. I mean, uh, I would order some of that stuff. <laughs> so it right. gets to exist. Oh no, absolutely. So that's that's going to exist, but all I mean if we start getting if we start getting enough, what would happen is we would start we would start ordering that stuff wholesale and distributing it ourselves. You know what I mean? And then yeah. and then we're not getting a cut. By that point, we're making a profit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um which that's that that's way down the road, but like this was this is another thing that has come from from this hiatus that we've been on of just like this is I I mean this is where this is where we can go. Yeah. I feel like. Oh, that's you all know what very I mean? achievable. I'd love to get I don't know how to put it in there. The, the phase 2 like I don't know whether it's just an umbrella like Dave's endeavors or something dreaming out loud centric uh because I, I have that ongoing sort of shout factory. <laughs> oh, yeah. Of, to, of uh, the cabin kids like that. I mean, yeah. we could we could very easily. I mean, we I mean, we could have like just the cabin. We could just call it the cabin and that would be under Ooh, phase two. You know what I mean? Fun. Yeah. You just kind of go there and there's this and it's stuff. just like this rabbit hole of that yeah, of really that fun. stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And uh we could even shout out to that project or that page like repeatedly, like when we have cabin kids on there, or like, oh, go to this, go to the go cabin. Go to the cabin, that's amazing. Like, go to the cabin and look for this. We just posted this, and oh, dude, that's awesome! Like, that's come really on, that fun. Just, that just that, like that, <laughs> that just was really good. <laughs> I'm putting that on. You're there. on like, fire, absolutely. Yeah. The cabin, that's perfect. Because I love this idea too with the website. Uh, I mean, it's fine. Twitter has been the chosen thing. I, I like that. It's 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 something else that, like right now, that's where you can go, and see the visual accompaniment to the podcast essentially. But also that it's like time stamped, and you can see it evolve over time. But I really like that idea, whether it's episode pages or all of these things, that you're not going to someone else's black hole where there's like counts like you have 12 followers and people see that and they're like well <laughs> but, yeah they are anybody but i love that no. idea you enter this kind of world of the of the website or you go into the cabin and you just kind of get lost uh yeah in, in the in the fun of it all um so i i i just think and and this is how we start to get that empire idea of you know i and I didn't want to be presumptuous because you've worked so, so, so very hard on all of those, those outside, like the, the archiving of the dreaming out loud stuff and, uh, and keeping all of that, but all of that would have a place in this and yeah, all, and so this fun. is a result of that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's all a bigger thing. I, um, 
You know, it's funny. Um, we were talking about Kevin Smith recently, and this sounds like it's going to go a long way, but it's not. It's just literally like a two-sentence thing that I wrote down. He says it all the time, and I realized that <laughs> this kind of light bulb moment recently um, where he's talking about clerks. Like, Kevin Smith is the guy. He, he built a... And literally, he did build an empire on a yeah. one movie, Clerks, yep. which is yep. him sort of... Um, making a movie about him and his friends, like <laughs> the way that what they talked about, they talked about Star Wars and fucking and, and like bullshit, and that was not in movies. And so he put it into a movie, and it grew into this thing. But yep. so he's like, he's always saying, I, I can't remember who it was in his life that told him he's like, look, nobody's ever gonna make a movie about you and your friends because he would bitch about like, why don't people like, why don't people just make movies about this stuff that me and my friends talk about. And someone's like, no one's ever going to do that. <laughs> if you want to do that, you're going to have to do it yourself. And he did. And I was just realizing, I was like, oh, I'm literally doing that. I've literally been doing that for like 20 yep. years and not yep. making a fictional version. I am actually, I've literally been making a movie. Archiving. Yeah, like making movies, making projects, documenting these people, not in a fictional yep. way, but in a realistic or, or in a documentarian way. And, uh, and yeah, I, so, but I was like, oh, wow, that's. I am kind of making that movie that I want to see, not yep. just not quite in the same way as as I, that it existed. And I really mind. think that this is going to be the house for it. I think yeah. that I love it or I, Airbnb I, of, of of life <laughs> or, yeah. or of the internet for now. It's it's fun to have a place to go to to see it. That's where a lot of the archiving came from. It's like yeah, what if I'm I, drunk at four in the morning and want to hear Mate? <laughs> it's like I need to find it. You go to the cabin. That's where you go. Fuck that, yes. Like, do you know how like do you know how awesome it's gonna be to be able to say go to the cabin and like let's go to the cabin? Like that just blew my mind. That's so fun. Cause we were joking yeah. we were joking earlier, I think today on text or something about it's like or yesterday, whenever it was, like the long walk short drink has become this kind of cabin, virtual cabin for of 2017. Yeah. yeah. Um wow. Which is this and that's what I was trying to tell Double D yesterday about like you know if you and moto come with me to um to Des Moines and we do this like it's like you're literally going to be me like it's going to be two of my newest friends I, I get to hang out with two of my newest friends close friends with two of my oldest close friends yeah and like and, and I mean moto's your brother and uh, you, you know, you and double D have since talked and like formed a, a friendship and all that stuff. And I was just like, like, this is so, it, it's just so meaningful to me. And, and I, and, and I, again, I like to buy in and I learned this from you. If it's meaningful to me, it's meaningful to other people. So that's what you need to like, that's what you need to embrace. And that's what you need to document and, and put out there is what's meaningful to you. And like, it will find somebody who will find it meaningful also, you know? And I don't know. And I, and I think that this is like a great way to just keep feeding that sickness that you have of documenting <laughs> us because like now with pumps coming on, like this is like the next round of those cabin kid interviews. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And I can see like, over time how we slowly like weave those interview like we catch back up with them individually you know and everybody gets a cabin kid episode and then we have like an updated 
interview with all of those people to just add to that archive that you've created, you know? And, uh, oh, that's so exciting. It is so exciting. Uh, and I, I fucking love the go to the cabin. Yeah. I can't tell you. (laughs) Where where do you go? If you want to see Pilgrimate at 4am, you go to the cabin. Fuck. Like, come on, man. That's so fucking awesome. (laughs) And Uh. especially too, like I, I, at first when I mentioned it or when I was thinking about it, it's like, well, this seems like kind of a long walk, short drink centric thing would, would all the, cause it's, that is literally like an M quote unquote empire I've been building since 1998. Yeah. It's like, in some ways earlier. Uh, so like, is that fit or do you, but that's even better because it encompasses all of that, but it actually encompasses it in the vernacular of the show. Yeah. I mean, it, it would be wonderful without the show, this idea. I don't think I would have ever come to that though. <laughs> Cause I did do, and I was, I had these public facing channels and then I was realizing like, mm, <laughs> I don't know if any of these people would be cool at this existing. Uh, but uh, anyway, this that's um, that's so exciting. Listen, no, totally exciting. So, all right. Let's... Um, I also feel licensed. We could put a bunch of stuff up there, especially if that's the only place you could find it. Because, like, the idea to those people that, like, where do you find... Like, wh- this is available on the internet? Yeah, in the cabin. Yep, in the cabin. <laughs> it's in the cabin. Not like on yeah. YouTube public or whatever. Just like, you got to go to the cabin. That's yeah. amazing. Well, I mean, you know, we we really are at a premium in the sense that any of our video content we can host for free on YouTube and then embed it in our own page. Like like that like we're just in such a great time and it's been like this for a while. It's not like this is I I know I'm speaking to something that people have been doing for almost a decade, probably longer than a decade. But like in in the early days of making a web page, the idea of hosting video on your web page, like you would have to pay your eyes tooth for that. And then it looked like shit. Yeah. We can stream, we can embed high definition video in our web page and it doesn't cost us anything extra. That's why aren't we taking advantage of that? You yeah. Know, just, like all you're really out is the time it takes for you to create it, obviously, but it's already created. So the time to upload it to YouTube. That's what that's really what you're out. And then you embed it. Like, mm-hmm. why not take advantage of that? Man. Yeah. It'd be all that shit. That'd be the the book, as was recently digitally remastered, the oh, growing library of a, albums. Yeah. Like all these uh videos I made over the years, uh, and continue to make. <laughs> so awesome. So all right, well, let, that's amazing. All of that is incredible. Thank you yeah, for uh, so, I don't know, busying your brain with that. That's that's pretty exciting. Uh we have the clip the clip show come the episode 30s coming up. That is the longest run Dave and I have ever had on any of our like episodic creations we've done. Yep. Uh so we're gonna celebrate that with a little bit of a clip show and we're hoping for a full long walk short drink staff on that episode. Yeah, I so, like it. I like it. Well fuck um, it. Let's uh without further ado, let's get in some king talk. Come on over here, sugar buns. This machine just called me an asshole. We haven't talked about Stephen King in so fucking long. Well, we haven't had like, like a, a proper King Corner in I know a long time. A long, long time. 
And that's what it feels like. I feel like all we did was talk about fucking Stephen King, but we talked about the dead zone Stephen King for like five weeks, like five yeah. episodes straight. That's all we talked about. And there's been so much Stephen King development uh, since then. Like that's happened since then. That's happened. Like, I feel like was the it trailer out like the teaser was it out before we started i think uh, we i think we the watched dead zone? it on the show i don't know if it was like in a, yeah. in a segment pr- prior to our dead zone book club part but i remember watching that one on the show we could we're speculating and we like i'm sitting here looking at the internet <laughs> the supercomputer yeah oh before I'm we get gonna... in i i know you've you cuz you've shared all these things and uh, and i've mostly just been reading firestarter so i'm going to listen a lot i have this beer oh that I'm going to open. It's called a, a milk stout nitro. Um, oh, the bride's cousin introduced me to this. And I thought I knew this That's left a really good brewing. beer. Yeah. Yeah. I thought left I was familiar brewing. with yeah. this, but I wasn't in the, my, well, I, I think I am with the beer, but they figured out a way to bottle it. And it says, keep cold, pour hard. And there's a diagram on the back that tells you how to pour it. Have you ever done this? Yeah. You like tilt it upside down. It's yeah. So it, and like, like, it's amazing. So I'm a, I'm going to do yeah. that, but I can crack with you if you've got something to crack. Yeah. I, I Well, yeah, I, I'll crack this All on right. three and three. Now I'm pouring hard. Pour hard. Man, that's great it sound. Just, yeah. It's such a, and then it just like, it's stops. like getting it a Guinness overflow <laughs> and it does that whole beautiful, like Guinness yep. uh, thing. Like it yep. comes up in the bottom. Um, it, Boddington's any any of those beers that have widgets in them, that's how you're supposed to pour them to get that oh, effect. Like I didn't know that. Oh, even like yeah. the, the Guinness cans that have the yep, widget. Yep. Oh shit. You can do that. And okay. Boddington's that have the widget inside of them. Like I love Boddington's pub ale a lot. I like have that too. Ever, What's that with the yeah. yellow can? Yeah, it's so good. Um, but any of those widget ones, I've I found if you pour them like that, you'll get that same effect. Cause really you're you're forcing the nitrous to like to be pushed into the beer as it's pouring, as opposed to just coming out the lid of the bottle or the can. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the whole point. That's how you get that nitro. So that's magic. That's awesome. So I'm yeah. excited to, uh, to drink that as we get into the dark world of Mr. King, uh, take my first gulp. The kingdom so, as one yes, might say. Yes. All right. So man, where do you even start? <laughs> what was the first thing that you thought of that were like, Oh, I can't wait to talk about this on the show. So it probably would have been the kingdom trailer. Uh, just because it's one of the, it's the dark tower is the reason this is going to be a bold statement. <laughs> the dark tower is the reason why this podcast exists. Wow. Oh, I could see. Yeah, go on. Here's my here's my Kevin my six degrees of Kevin Bacon on that. Okay, <laughs> I love the Dark Tower so much that I start in my life reading it every listening to it on audiobook every year. Right in that, I start to pick up all the connections to other Stephen King books that I have read, which are only a handful, other than the Dark Tower book. I start to find those connections. So then I connect to those books on audiobook, And then in those books, I start to see other connections happening <laughs> to other Stephen King books and the dark tower books, which then makes me say, 
holy shit. At one point, I remember the decision. I was like, I just need to do all the Stephen King books. Like, that's what I need to listen to. And then I will have consumed, like, the entire universe. So I'll get all the references when they happen on any Stephen King work. That was the only way that would it made sense to me. So then that's what led me through the like multi-year journey, which in three years in the down the road of that is when I'm I see you and tell you 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 say, no, you tell me. I'm listening to all of Stephen King's books in chronological order. And I'm like, I've been doing that for the last three years. <laughs> Which then leads to us staying up all night, like realizing we're hetero life mates and then saying all over we should again. do a podcast yeah. all over again. <laughs> yes. And then we should do a podcast and then leading to us having a king, like a podcast with a king corner on it where we talk about it. Right. So long walk, short drink. That's one of the reasons why I love the Dark Tower books is because they are rife with references to other Stephen King's work. And so that trailer epitome epitomizes one one of my biggest draws to like I love secrets like that's why I love conspiracy theories that's why I have an ear for conversation is because I love to like I I it just I listen to people and I absorb that so that way there's no secrets you know like and I love discovering secrets and I see all of those connections are like, or and Easter eggs are all those like these little secrets that like, like that Stephen King, just like he's winking at you, letting you know, like, isn't this cool that when you escaped into this book that you read three years ago, that that book takes place in the same place that this book takes place in that you're escaping into now. And they're two totally different stories that take place in two totally different time periods. And there's one connecting character that happens to be the third cousin of some minor character from the book that happens to play a major role in this other book. Like, isn't that just like, that's mind boggling to me. It's like, uh, like the, um, the black family tree uh, from Harry Potter. Like I just, if you were to have this room, uh, I'll see if I can find this article, but crack.com did a great article that was like um, fan obsessions that went to the extreme, basically. And there was a, a woman who spent a long time making a map of all the connections of Stephen King's works and like how the characters all connect together. And she spent like numerous years doing this like cross-referencing. And then she was picking up and starting to do one for the Dark, just the Dark Tower series. And then how those connect to everything. And it's like that. That's what I picture is like in King's head is this like, like the black family tree <laughs> of his works. And he, every story he's like looking for a way that he can fit it into the tree. You know, like he's trying to fit that story in and uh, that kingdom trailer totally nailed that. Like it had really, th well, this was my first indication that the movie was not going to be very good <laughs> is like, that was a promotional trailer put out for that movie. And it was horrendous animation. Like it's like, it's like Pixar 
generation 0.5 like <laughs> like that's how bad the animation is it's so plasticky and like the fire looked really wonky in that one in the carry shot you know what i'm talking yeah, about yeah um the anime that that i mean if you're gonna have sony doesn't put out third rate teasers you know what i mean <laughs> like they're, they're like wait did i say sony i meant like disney or in marvel like they don't when they put out a teaser for one of their things like it probably looks better than the movie's going to look because they want to entice you into that trailer. Yeah. So that was my first indication that the movie was not that Sony had pretty much written off, written it off that they were just done, you know, like they were putting no more money. They already had a lackluster rollout for the movie. Like I barely saw any people being interviewed or promotions. Like I saw movie like uh, uh, commercials and stuff, but I don't know. It didn't get a huge blitz, in my opinion. Yeah, I could see that now in retrospect. I fucked up yeah. commercials because ton of commercials. Yeah, You're, uh, yeah. so many. I'm still seeing them. Uh, yeah, but you uh, watch a lot of TV. I don't watch a lot of TV. Yeah, it's, so I um, miss that. It's yeah. It's funny. I actually asked the bride the other day, like trying to see if we could somehow get away from cable because I I watch things on a television, <laughs> but I think I talked about earlier in this episode one of the things I try not to do is, you know, just watch movies and stuff like that. So, but it's not like I don't watch stuff. Of course I do. And we watch things together, especially right. she and I, but she loves her DVR. And she said that she's like, no, I got to have a DVR. <laughs> yeah. So, so I do see commercials and stuff like that uh, when she yeah. doesn't, you know, when we're late, too lazy to fast forward or something. But, um, but yeah, I, I did never see even just peripherally or whatever, like, Idris Elba or Matthew McConaughey or Stephen King, like in that chair, yeah. like in the press chair, like talking about the movie. And it's like Stephen King's opus and he wasn't out like promoting it, you know, like you didn't yeah. see him out. A uh, lot of, a lot of really telltale signs. Again, we'll get to it. But yeah. anyways, uh, that King dumb and just the, the wittiness of, K-I-N-G capitalize dumb like the king dumb and just and and you really have to know like all of those references though all have a film based on them did you notice that oh yeah I mean I was there was none like straight from a book right right that's interesting. Uh, yeah <laughs> it was like so uh, for those of you who haven't seen the trailer, we'll definitely tweet it out so that way you can see it. But it's it basically goes through. It, it's a can, it's one continuous shot that goes through doors and windows. And as it goes through these doors and windows, it goes. Uh, it starts out in the hallway from The Shining, and then it goes. And then there's um, a scene from Care, like the prom scene from Carrie is in there. Uh, the, there's a deserted roadway. That's the stand. And there's a double one in that because the license plate on the one car that you can see is the same license plate from Christine, which oh, is like, nice. Yeah. And I think it's actually a Plymouth fury. Like it's a rotted out Plymouth fury cool. that that's on, which is Christine's car, like the car that Christine is. Um, there's, 
what else what other ones does it go through oh it it goes through the like it goes down into the sewer and you see a balloon floating in a sewer uh you don't see any characters it's just all yeah. scenery um but it literally harkens on one of the best parts of the dark tower series of books that the uh, the movie has the movie does have easter eggs in it like there's a picture but they're all in the trailer too oh um another telltale sign is mr j uh, uh, hit me to the trailer he uh a while it's been a while i don't think i talked about it in the show but he's like did you catch the song in the dark tower trailer and when he sent me that <clears throat> i had i think we'd watched it you know on the show and stuff and so I was like, oh, maybe there's a new trailer. So I'm searching it yeah. out and I didn't find a new trailer, but it was like this music box. And I was like, huh, should I know what that is? And I started to think about it. And I was like, oh, and then I double checked and it's the music box that, that, uh, it's that song kind of, it's played on a music box in one of the men with no name movies, I think for a few dollars more. Oh, but, yeah, got which it. Which of course, uh, you know, it's famously known that that's, the character that uh, the gunslinger is sort of physically based on and stuff. Right. So I thought that was a pretty interesting tidbit. And it felt like for me for a while, I thought early on we had heard that King really was on board with the movie. Maybe that's wrong. But yeah. Then, but then there, we got a, uh, we get entertainment weekly here at the house and McConaughey and Nidra Elba were on the cover. And uh, that's where I think I got a dark tower spoiler as I was trying to read about, King, there was like a King sidebar where he connects some of his, his books. And so, yeah. And uh, so it did seem for a while, like it was, you know, we were kind of excited for it. So it was only like, in I, the I was hopefully so. optimistic. Like that's, yes, pro- yeah. you know, and I didn't realize uh, your reservations until pretty close to the, uh, to the yeah. drop date. <laughs> well, I mean, there, there were obvious signs again. Well, okay. So we'll get into, we'll just get the dark tower out of the way. <laughs> this what this, I don't want this whole time to be just devoted to talk, me bitching about the Dark Tower. Well, feel free to like spoil stuff and whatnot because I, 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 I think I'm more I'm less less worried about a spoiler than I am excited to hear this movie filtered through someone who knows those books so incredibly well. Yeah, I'm not going to do that though, I, because right. <laughs> like that's one of the things that I love about those books is like I love hearing people experience them ah. for the first time. You know, and like I, I thought I, I totally spoiled the dark tower to Ash, like early on in our relationship, I was like, these books are about X, Y, and Z. Do you think you'll ever read them? Because they're really important to me. And I, like, I connect to them personally and like, really there's some pieces of the philosophy in them that I get behind. And I, like they're just really good lessons and examples in these books that are probably unintentional, but I found meaning in them. And she's like, and she's like, it's got X, Y, and Z in it. And I was like, yeah, she's like, no, I'll never read those. I was like, okay, so I'm going to tell you about them then so that you just understand where I'm coming from on some of these things, because I'm going to reference these a lot like that. They're, <laughs> they're just going to come up a lot. And I spoiled the whole thing. And then in the last like four months, four or five months, like once I got that whole set, like the whole hardcover set. She's like, I think I'm going to read dark tower this summer. Like I was devastated. I, I mean, I was excited that she was going to read them, but I was devastated that I had, I had spoiled the whole thing mm. for like, I told her the whole ending. Like, 
the actual ending of the book, this is the one thing I'll talk about the books. Is the books end, and then there's a warning from Stephen King that says you should just walk away right now <laughs> and like say that this is the ending. But if you're that's not good enough for you, there's a little more. But you should really think about it. Like you should just take my word for it that it's done. Because even though what I have left is going to satisfy you, there will be no satisfaction in it. Hmm. So I spent, when I got to that point, I debated it for three days. The first time I went through these, like I turned off my iPod. It, I had raced through the entire series. Because it was just so good. And like the narrators, it's like the two, the series is read by the two best narrators I've ever found. Uh, Mr. George Guidel and Frank Muller. Oh yeah. You've talked about um, them. I didn't realize they tag team it. That's fun. Well, it's only, so Frank, it's either Muller or Mueller originally read the gunslinger, uh, the drawing of three, the wastelands and wizard and glass. And in between this is I th- I personally think this is something that Stephen King regrets. One of the reasons why he hated that it took so long for him to finish the series was in the time that Wizard and Glass came out, which is like the mid nineties, to Wolves of the Cala book five coming out, which is two thousand three. Hmm. Not only did he get hit by that van and almost killed and left the story unfinished, but Frank Muller, who King I guess really respected, and he said that the dark tower he confided to Stephen King that the dark tower series was the, his favorite series of books that he had narrated. Nice. Which, which King found like took very, very personally. Like he really respected that got in a motorcycle accident and ended up passing away in between the fourth book coming out and the fifth in, in the mid nineties and the fifth book coming out in 2003, mm. like all of that happened. And so that's when George Gridell then took over the series. He read um, then five, six, and seven. And then Stephen King re-released the first one as a revised and updated edition. And then, so then George Gridell read that updated edition okay. of the very first book. So if you want to hear, like, cause I consider the revised and updated edition of the gunslinger, the true edition of the gunslinger. I know that totally like goes against what I would say for movies, Mm -hmm. but for some reason with Stephen, especially with Stephen King, I let it slide because one, I, I trust his hand at making sure that new content fits Mm -hmm. and enhances as opposed to changes the story. Yeah. Um, which you read the stand like you and you kind of got experience with both editions of the stand, right? Like you have the, yeah, except for that. I didn't experience truly what the shorter one would have been. There were times yeah. when I was curious and kind of looked back to see certain things. What was, what was cut out or there, I was trying to track, I was trying to keep track on an original edition with the expanded edition I was listening to. And when I, was, I just couldn't figure out even where yeah. it was. So I eventually yeah. got the the revised one. And that's really the only one that I know. And I But I find it interesting that he was talking about, in the introduction to that book, that 
I was trying to think, think how he put it. He wasn't necessarily putting it. I think he was saying that like the one that originally came out, you know, he had to trim all this stuff. He chose what he tr- trimmed and, you know, right. he was happy with it. And he's like, some people say that's too long, but if you're interested to just know a bit more about certain things, then this is, uh, you know, the where, where you can go to find it. So yeah, I would definitely be curious to be able to contrast those differently. Uh, to, but I just don't know any different. Like I know yeah. with the crow, the crow, um, James Obar said a similar thing where at that, in that case, he, he, he and the people, the guy that eventually started to publish the books, um, they just figured comics could come in at any increments of, uh, any even pages, you know, but it turns yeah. out it's only like a few different options. It's like 16 pages or 32 pages or something like that. So yeah. he started to trim some things early on or not finish the, I don't know. So, um, then once the movie came out and it was so successful and everything from like 1997, and I think it finally came out in 2011, there was teased like a author's edition, like a special edition. Yeah. And it's, it is really interesting. Uh, it's, it's, it's really cool, but it, it's just, for me, I was so familiar with the completed story as it was, it came out in 1993 that, um, the, the additions always stick out. Uh, so anyway, I think, I think with the gunslinger, like the first of the dark tower books, he fixed continuity stuff hmm. that the first, um, I, I always, when I recommend the series to people, I always say the first one is the, is like, just get through it. <laughs> um, even, uh, I read in the road to the dark tower, I think is the book that I read that Stephen King himself recommends skipping the first one and okay. starting with two huh. and reading uh, book two and book three and then reading book one and then four. Oh yeah. I think you mentioned yeah. that one. Because uh, like um, they're all kind of, and then you end up treating the gunslinger as like backstory. Yeah. To like, yeah. To figure out wh- how the characters got where they are and doing it in that order, two, three, one, four, you're putting that backstory in a very logical spot in the series of the, like book three ends on a cliffhanger. Yeah. And book four picks it right up right at that cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you kind of wedge one in there, either before or after four, it's a good spot to fit all of this backstory in and like fill in all the gaps that you might have. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's the star Wars order. Do you remember? It was similar. Somebody recommended something like that. Maybe it's oh like man, three, two, one. Four. I I, I, I know what you're talking about, but I can't remember what that was. It was so dumbfounding to me that I was just like, I can't even begin to think of it like that. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like because it bounced, it like bounced in between the original trilogy and the prequels, and in some order that was just like, but the way that it did is you were essentially. I think it like it, the goal was it spun it. So you were watching it from a certain character's perspective. Maybe, I don't know. Anyways. Oh yeah. Uh, I found, I think I found it. So, Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, oh Jesus. There's various schools of thought. This, this current one says four, like new hope empire. Oh, this does. So this is called the machete machete order. New hope. Yeah. Empire. Episode three and Return of the Jedi. Oh, basically skipping those, skipping the first two altogether. I can oh. see that. 
Yeah. Because uh, after you would basically, oh, no, no, basically it just skips one. So you, you know, New Hope, and then you find out Vader's his father and, and Empire, and then you go back and get the... Got it. The Anakin story a little bit, enough to, like, see him fall in love with Padme, and then, like, go to the dark side, and then come back and be redeemed from the dark side. All right. With that's, Jedi. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, th- yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no, it's too <laughs> weird. <laughs> Just, I, I, I do not treat... Well, and again... Uh, acknowledging the prequels goes against my Star Wars universe rules, my own personal Star Wars universe rules. So, what are those? <laughs> I you know those when we watched when I finally like had Ash watch the original trilogy. I told her because I have one of the only official digital versions of the original trilogy, the original original non special edition trilogy. Oh yeah, that. Lucas released one time and out of spite, the motherfucker. All I wanted was all I wanted was the goddamn official. Ver- I wanted an official DVD version of the um, laser disc edition. That is like, which is considered to be the best official digital version of the original trilogy. Yeah, the laser disc edition. Even though because now there it were- look bad to us. Because the, they, they didn't fill the because, screen and all that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and I and I totally get that now. It would look shitty to us. However, that there were tweaks that he did to that that did actually improve Star Wars. You know, like they did, like he did a really nice touch up for that one the the originals one last time. Do you remember that marketing campaign? If oh, we would yeah. have known what he meant by that, I like I was always oh, fascinated by what he yeah. meant. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so the cleaned up effects and all that, you know, was uh, yeah, was so, beautiful. And then if, I think I know where you're going with the vi- but versions I watched, they did make available on DVD. <laughs> so, so then fans all get pissed and they say they want the original. They, uh, man, be careful what you ask. This is a great lesson to be careful what you ask for. Yeah. We want the original versions of the films on a DVD. That's what we want, George Lucas. That's what we want, George Lucas. <laughs> So in a like in one of the 98 editions of the original trilogy he released one version that he you had to buy them individually they did not come yeah. as a box set they were a two disc version where the first disc was the like the updated the whatever the current special edition was that was out <laughs> and the second disc was literally the original uh, like a really shitty transfer of the original release of the film. So when I say that star Wars is just called star Wars, there is no episode for new hope. It's in mono. It's not even in stereo. Oh, that I forgot that part. Like he did. There's zero. It's literally like it would be the day you went the day it was released in the theater. That's what it's like. And so that's the closest thing you can get to an official digital copy. And I have those and that's what I showed Ash. And so when we were watching them, I said, just so you know, (laughs) if we become a star Wars house as it, as a star Wars house, these are some rules that we follow. These are the only editions of these films that exist. Yoda is always a puppet. (laughs) Han shot first. Yeah. In the prequels, never happened. <laughs> and she's like, okay. 
He slips a ring on her finger. <laughs> yep. So we did buy a we did buy a copy a tri- a trilogy on Blu-ray of the prequels. Just so you, I mean, you do need to see those once, I guess. <laughs> I yeah, I have that same edition that you're talking about the double disc, and uh, yeah, that's what I watch. Uh, just zoom in or something. But um, what is nice about that one is it does match the prequels as released on DVD. Um. So the, all yes. together, it's kind of cool to see one one thing. Yes, and the one yeah. one good thing about the prequels <laughs> that I think I mentioned before, I like the documentaries, particularly for Episode One. They're like feature length documentaries with no talking heads. It's just like ver- cinema veritation, like takes yeah. you through the process. So the so I do like that, and I so it's, and then this last year I did get this most recent Star Wars Blu-ray, like the whole saga. Uh, I haven't explored too much of it. Man, I mean, it looks, you keep falling in that trap, dude. Well, but here's here's the thing that really got me, other than them fucking taking shit away sometimes, like Disney does, because they're now, they are Disney now. Yeah. Was uh, they put together commentary tracks based on period specific, you know, uh, probably interviews and stuff from the actors for the original three movies. Oh, and I was like, oh, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, and Sucker. probably all kinds of stuff, and it looks beautiful. Sucker. Yeah. Um, but I have I and so Yeah, but yeah. fucking Hayden Christensen's in the ghost scene. Yeah, that's I know. I wonder if they have that's any. a travesty. Wonder if Don't they get have me started. This is a fucking stuff. king sort. This is a king corner. Yeah, let's get you this riled up about the king. All right. So I finished my mood or whatever I was left handed thing. <laughs> now I'm drinking Miller Light. So All right. <laughs> um so Oh, you're talking about so the Order, the, <laughs> Gunslinger, all that stuff. Yeah. So uh here here's Let's let's talk about adaptations. All right. right. L- let's say that in your town that you're living in, there's a really awesome donut shop. Okay. Okay. And in particular, there is one kind of donut that is just phenomenal. All right. You really, really like this donut a lot. You like this donut so much that when friends come to visit from out of town, you take them here to watch them experience this donut because you like to share it because it means a lot to you because it's just always been there and it's been a part of you, you know, and you, it's just awesome. And then one day you find out that there's this huge restaurant chain that's like, Good news. We really like your donut too. And we're going to make it so that everybody can have your donut. And you're like, that's the greatest idea I've ever heard because yes, other people should have this donut. It is awesome. And then they re- they reply to you and they say, we think the same thing. Everybody should have it. That's why we're making it a China buffet. And you're like, what the, why would it be a China buffet? Well, people, more people like China buffets than they like donuts. So we're going to put in a China, but we're going to make it a China buffet that everybody can have. Instead of a donut? Instead of the donut. (laughs) Interesting. And you're like, okay, I guess. And so then the China buffet opens. And you're like, all right, let's go check out this China buffet that's supposed to be like my donut. (laughs) 
and you go there and there's not a goddamn thing like your fucking donut. Not one thing. Is the China buffet stuff good? Yeah, it's a China buffet. I've <laughs> there's it's like sex. Like even like a <laughs> shitty China buffet is still all you can eat, right? Like <laughs> it's a China buffet. Yeah. It's a China buffet. <laughs> So then you go home and you're just like, you feel like you ate, you got force fed a ton of shit, but you're already hungry again because it was really empty. Like there was no passion put into any of that food that was on that buffet. Hmm. And that's when you realize that's what made that donut so good is because it was just little and small and you get to enjoy it by yourself, you know, which not by yourself, but like, it's just like that passion is there. And then you remember, shit, I still live in this town. I can go get that donut anytime I want. Who cares if it's a China buffet? Yeah. That like, I'm still going to take my friends and be like, you need to have this donut. And that's what I'm, that's how I feel about the dark tower movie. That makes sense. I've heard, I've heard similar things at times and there's an old, uh, well, I never heard it from the source, but there's a Raymond Chandler quote, uh, like, how do you feel about what Hollywood has done to your books? And I heard it by way of James Obar, the uh, <laughs> the author of The Crow. And he goes, fucking Hollywood hasn't done anything to my books. They're over there on the shelf where they've always been. <laughs> yep. And that's exactly it. So is the movie good? No. As a movie, it's not good. Oh, that like, sucks. Um, it it's ninety minutes long. Ooh, that's which weird is, in this day and age, particularly yeah. for such an epic saga. Holy cow! Yeah, there. Uh, actually, this is the reason why I didn't record anything because there was a really good video put out, like like everything wrong with the Dark Tower or whatever. So we'll link. I'll make. I'll I'll link that too. Yeah, I was um, encouraging uh, Palmer to do a, a video review when he came home, not realizing it would be this travesty. <laughs> oh, it, it like, I, I, I really was being hopefully optimistic. Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey, two people that I think are fantastic actors, acting in one of in literally my favorite story. How could that be? Like, how could that be bad? Right? Yeah. And. uh uh, it is because of uh, um, Sony Pictures doesn't give a shit, and um, who is that? Uh, let me look at this. It's like I've uh, they were they were like, what does Batman and Robin? They named all of these like iconically tanked movies dark tower being one of them and what does all of these movies have in common and there's a common producer it's like oh ikiva goldsman <laughs> akivia yeah. goldsman i yes. just looked up i'm like who did this movie and i don't recognize these names uh, let me see. oh wow yeah not great <laughs> this guy's filmography uh well no, but he did Batman Forever. There you go. Batman yeah. and Robin. Yeah. He also did a Time to Kill screenplay. That actually came out all right. But I see a lot of things here that are not great. 
Um, he does a lot of adaptations, I'm seeing. Yeah. So, and that's the other thing. And adaptations go both ways. So here's the thing. The reason something gets ad- ad- adapted is because it, it grows a large enough fan base to yeah. merit it, right? And then, and I totally get it, Hollywood. Like, especially, like, look at Stephen King's fan base. You hear, like, if, if somebody were to be like, we just bought the film rights to, if you didn't know anything else uh, but who Stephen King was, right? Mm-hmm. And they came in and said, we just acquired the film rights to Stephen King's opus. And that's all they said. Oh, yeah. You'd come in your pants, right? Yeah. Like, of course. Like, you're like, awesome. But in the grand scheme of things, of all of Stephen King's fans, there's a very small group comparatively mm-hmm. that are Dark Tower fans. Yeah. Yeah. So when you get the rights to this film, you're not getting Stephen King's fan base. You're getting Stephen King's Dark Tower fans. Yeah, yeah. So I totally get it. You need to, you need, you have this giant thing that you just don't know what to do with because it's a book that's, I I mean, shit, the last, the last two are over a thousand pages each. I'm pretty Whoa, sure. Whoa, wow. Um, I mean, if anything, this should be like the fucking Harry Potter series. You know, yeah, like those I, kind I, of many films, yep, etc. And they they tried to cram all seven books. There were pieces from all seven oh books in an hour and a half. Oh my god! So originally, I was really, really, I was really ecstatic because I found out that they decided that the movie would be a continuation of the book. Um, oh, which if you know the book, you know what I'm talking about. And so that was really exciting to me because that did free up the idea of no matter what this movie is, my books are never going to be touched Mm -hmm. because they're not even trying to adapt those. They're just trying to continue that story. A lot of uh, Dark Tower fans really got upset about that because they were hoping to see some of these iconic things happening on the big screen, Mm -hmm. which might... My take to that is there is no Hollywood producer that's ever going to nail your imagination. Your imagination is literally the best at pleasing you, right? Right, yeah. There's no filmmaker that's ever going to be able to match what your imagination could do. Or even be able to grasp it, you know? <laughs> that's right. an individualized right. thing. So, like, if... And that's exactly it too, is it like, so expecting that a film adaptation for a book that you read that the series of books also came out across three decades. Hmm. So Stephen King changed as a writer in like these books coming out, like they're not going to be able to nail that. There's no way just like, but just be thankful that you still have, you still have what you experienced. So Man, just don't see this movie. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> go go read the books. It's the books are so much better. Um I'm still hopeful about the television show. I mean, I'm always going to I'm never going to not see something that has the Dark Tower on it. If a book has Stephen King's name and the words Dark Tower on the cover, I'm going to read it. 
if a movie has Dark Tower or The Gunslinger or something like that and Stephen King's and like based on a story by Stephen King and in, in somewhere in the title, I'm going to go see it or a television show. I'm going to watch it like and I'm always going to be hopeful that those things are going to spark in me what the original books did. And if they don't, then I at least find comfort in the fact that I still have those original books. Yeah, that's a that's a very healthy attitude. So in good Dark Tower news, though, I did get this is the next thing that we can talk about. Did you see that? Did you see that picture of that art that I, I purchased? Oh, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go back and check that out. I didn't realize at the time you sent it that it was something that that you owned. I thought it was just something you found a picture of on the Internet. Well, no, I mean, that's how I found it. So, oh, okay. again, Reddit, like, love Reddit. On r slash Dark Tower, the Dark Tower subreddit, I was, like, just on my Reddit front page, this artwork comes across that is really, really astounding to me. It just, it, um, I, I have tons of art all over my house, uh, and all of it speaks to me in some way. That's why it's up on the wall, right? Yeah. And I also rent a lot. And usually with rentals, you can't paint. So it's easier to like spackle one nail hole that it takes to hang a giant picture <laughs> than it is to repaint an entire room that you decide that you painted, even though you weren't supposed to. Right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I hang, I always look at, I can hang art and spackle those holes before I'd paint a room. Uh, so I leave the walls white in my rentals and I hang up pictures. But this is the first, this is the most I will have ever spent on art. And from an actual, like it's an actual artist. Oh, cool. like, but I, I reached out, like I just happened to scroll through the comments and he was like, there's more of these available. Like, just hit me up. Here's my email address. Um, and so, uh, let's keep track of this. Cause it's like, I'm not going to get this art until October and I still have oh. one more payment that I'm supposed to make on it. And that's all without having the art yet. Hmm. So <laughs> this could very easily blow up in my face. <laughs> yeah. It, well, um, it's, uh, he had to make a deposit on the printer. So he's a screen printer. Oh, okay. So he develop he designs the like the the what gets printed and then he sends that off to be printed, hmm. and so he has to like make a deposit. So I paid my portion of the deposit for my pictures, right? Oh, and then once the it's done printing, then I pay him the rest to ship them. Cool. Lyndon Willoughby is his name. Hmm. Where's he from? Uh, so, well, his website is, uh, willowstration.com. Uh, but this guy has a lot of art or like film inspired artwork and, and like, um, kitsch stuff. So, uh, willowstration.com. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's what I sent to Twinkie. Um, uh, W I L L O W S T R A T I O N.com. Uh, check them out. Great artwork, really, really awesome stuff. Uh, I think, oh yeah, that's a gunslinger one. So the gunslinger print is on there, so you can see that kind of up close. Yeah. Uh, but if you just look, there's like really good all of the 
all of the good iconography that from the book that I like, like imagery from the book that I like is in this artwork. And uh, there's one of these for all seven of the books and they all kind of form one bigger picture together. Oh, uh, it's really, I mean, just in, in the way that he chose the colors, they all form like an arch. It's not like a definite picture, but it's oh. like, they all work together. Um, but like you see the man in black, like climbing the mountains is in there and the rose and the, with the world in the middle of it and the guns, it's just fucking awesome. It's one in, uh, uh I can't quite read the title of it. Uh, I can't read the title, but, um, it's, uh, it looks like Dr. Doom, <laughs> you know, what I'm talking uh, about? from, uh, from the Marvel yeah. universe. I guess he hasn't really appeared in. Yeah, I think that's right. I, yeah, I think uh, no, that's exactly like that's exactly right, and that's exactly what he's supposed to look like. Oh, that's uh, awesome! <laughs> that's great. I love it when that when the, that seems to happen in the uh, Stephen King universe. Like the gunslinger yeah. is supposed to look like Clint Eastwood, and then I know in the Maximum Overdrive that the Green Goblin is on the front of that one yeah. truck. Yeah. <laughs> It's just fun that those um, things are what they're supposed to be, I guess, ultimately, or what I'm like, oh, that reminds me of such and such. It's like, well, it's supposed to. That's kind of fun. Yeah. It, uh, so my favorite Dark Tower book is the fifth book, Wolves of the Kala, which is what that one is. Oh, yeah. The, having trouble reading it, but I see that. Yeah. Wolves of the Kala. And Wolves of the Kala actually is loosely based on the Magnificent Seven, which is loosely based on the Seven Samurai. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, wow. So there's that. They're the the force that they're fighting are the wolves, who all look like Doctor Doom essentially. Wolves they look like Doctor Doom. Like yeah, they have wolf masks, but they like have these green cloaks that they wear. And like ride on horses and they look like Dr. Doom. Like the, like the one character was like, they really look like, and then another character cuts him off and he's like Dr. Doom, right? From Fantastic Four. He's uh. like, yeah. And, uh, and that's when he's like, and this whole thing that we're doing right now really reminds me of this movie that I saw called the Magnificent Seven. Cause they, <laughs> all these characters get pulled out of New York from different time periods. Oh, wow. and, uh, so they're starting to piece together these like pop culture references. It starts to become really meta. Um, but the wolves, this, so wrap your head around this. Cause this is not, <laughs> this is the last spoiler that I'll give for the book. Okay. The wolves look like Dr. Doom. Wield laser swords. <laughs> and throw these golden flying heat sinking grenades called sneeches what that are standard army issued jk dash harry potter model oh my god yeah <laughs> that sounds so not what i'm imagining these books to what i have imagined these books to be that's so kind of yeah to mention something that's happened in the last 15 years seems so odd to me. Uh, yeah. That's cool though, I guess, but that's, that's great. Yeah. So, um, 
but that one's my favorite book. Wow. So, so yeah, so that's, so, um, Lyndon Willoughby, definitely check him out. Uh, he's got great art on there. You can order just about any of it. Do you see that shining poster that he had? Oh, uh, I didn't actually click on it. I'm going to though. Oh, that is very cool. So these are, oh, I like that last one with the hornets or the wasps. Oh, there's several. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, Jesus. Oh, that's really. I don't know. The red one with the snow is pretty awesome. Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't realize if you clicked through that you would get the uh, the full. Yeah. I didn't realize that'd be a series. I click on Blade Runner now. I'm just curious. That's oh wow! <laughs> I want to grab this one notebook because, like, what you were saying earlier reminded me of this thing that the bride told me literally on the way home <laughs> that uh, I'm going to tweet for her, but haven't yet. It was something the what you were saying about Ash as, asking about the Dark Tower books. Like, does it involve this, this, and this? And uh, and then she's like, "Yeah, I'm not going to read that." the The bride is, is is on a long road trip today, and. Um, she had this book along with her she was listening to. And then she was telling, I was like, oh, how is it? And she's like, oh, it's good. It's actually the third in a series that I've been listening to over the years. And I was like, what it's about? And she's like, none of your business, which is what she says anytime. <laughs> I ask her like, what she's doing, what she's looking at. <laughs> oh, no, she says none yet. Because she did that to me uh, over the weekend. Uh, we visited this amazing uh, record store that I had never been to record and DVD, everything. I'm going to, I've, I, I don't even know what to say about it. It's, I'll talk about it again someday, but I was, I was getting a, an, a record there that and she, it was a big place. She was far enough away. And she's like, what are you getting? I'm like, none of your business. <laughs> and she's like, Oh, I'm going to remember this and you're going to pay. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? You say that to me all the time. Yeah. And she's like, no, I say none yet. It's different. It's lighter. <laughs> so. It's lighter. Uh, but so anyway, I asked her, what, and I was like, you can tell me, I mean, I, I'm not going to make fun of you. Just, I was curious what the book is about. <laughs> She's like, vampires, witches, and demons. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh shit. Cool. <laughs> and he's like, but it's, it's got some historical fiction as well. She starts like defending it. <laughs> <laughs> and I always, <laughs> I always get shit for, uh, liking things that she calls aesthetic. Like, um, she describes sort of rich language, but not a lot of like forward momentum and plot and happenings as aesthetic. And so she's yeah. like, she's like, this is very aesthetic, but it's got all these other things going on. And uh, she's like, I don't mind aesthetics as long as the aesthetics involve magic. <laughs> I think that's what she said. <laughs> Which I didn't, I'm not, I'm not, I must not be remembering that entirely, right? But uh, anyway, but and when she said that, I all I could think of was when you said on this show once in, in utter earnestness, because she was saying that earnestly, but I that I started cracking up. But you said on the show one time, he's like, "That's not how magic works." <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't remember what it was in response to. I just remember I loved it so much because you were totally serious. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that's my dark tower travesty. <laughs> my dark tower art. And then, like, so leading up, so I guess this is one good thing to come out of the Dark Tower movie is like, we did get all as like a staff. We started all talking together, like Twinkie and Moto and Double D, and you and I were all like texting back and forth. 
and I was just sharing like Stephen King awesomeness one right after the other. So there was like the kingdom trailer. And then we talked about uh dark tower there for a little bit. Then I was like, Oh, by the way, I just bought this art. So then I shared that picture. And then the official it trailer dropped like right around that same time too, which is like the longer trailer. Um, I guess what we've had up to this point had just been teasers, but that trailer is just fucking it. That movie for all of the lack of excitement I had for the dark tower movie has all been given to the, it like all of that excitement is like, it's the opposite for it. I am in 100, like I will probably be more devastated if the it movie isn't good because I've bought into it at this point, like I'm like excited for it and it looks amazing. You know, I I would be surprised if it's not what it seems to be, you know, with all of that, those kind of trailers that show so much and are such, do such a good job of establishing like what seems to be the tone of the movie. Um, It feels like uh, when stranger things came out, I had I was very very I think maybe I was only into Salem's Lot or something. Like I was super early. And um I didn't know much about Stephen King's career. That's the whole point. Uh and I I had thought I thought the Stranger and I was late little late Stranger Things. So excited to watch it but it didn't see it right away like it was, it was right. a few months after it came out. I thought it was maybe based on a Stephen King book or property. I was to find out later it was just kind of had a good like a Stephen King vibe. Based yeah, I remember on the time we talked about that on, on an episode. We, yeah. we talked about that. Yeah. So it feels like definitely like a Stranger Things influenced Stephen King uh, movie. Like even to the point where one of the Stranger Things kids is one of the kids in the movie. Yeah. And you were telling yeah. me something I Richie didn't Tozier. know about the uh, the time period. The yes. So in the book. The kids come like the whole movie centers around two time periods because you uh Pennywise Pennywise basically attacks Derry cyclically, like every so like in it in it, like in the books, it's like every 30-ish years. And so <clears throat> the book centers around these kids fight it and win but make a promise that if it ever came back they would come back and kill it again and so then the book like it's like the it's 30 years later and all these kids are grown up and they get the they get the call that they have to come back to dairy to fight it again so then the book deals with them remembering what they did when they were kids and you're remembering it you're learning about it as they're remembering it. So they'll flash back and then you'll have a hundred pages. That's their flashback. And it's really, so you're chronicling both things happening at the same time. And they're all steering towards the confrontation of them confronting it. Pennywise when they're kids and Pennywise when they're grownups and both time periods are like converging on this, those two instances that are 30 years apart ish. Yeah. Right. So in the so I have to do all that so this makes sense. So like the the book takes place in like not in the in 1958-ish, 
like 58, 59, and 1984. When so it was probably published or written. Yeah. yeah, like when it was published. So like, or 86. So like it's that time period. Like it's it's present as they're adults it's present day when the book was published in the mid 80s yeah flashing back to when they were kids in the late 50s early 60s now this movie comes out and i didn't notice this it took like i watched some video that was like things you missed in the it trailer or the it tease teaser and one of them there's a shot in even in the trailer now this whole thing centers around when they're kids. So if you're thinking of the book, you're like, oh, this is taking place in the 50s. And the trailer feels dated, right? Like it's obviously dated. Like they are not in modern day clothes or anything like that. But there's one shot where like all of them are leaning against a, an IROC Z, like a Camaro, mm-hmm. like an old Camaro, like a 1980s Camaro. Yeah. And I read that this kid portion takes place in the mid eighties and the ultimate adult sequel that's going to happen after this will be set in 2016, 30 years after that. So when they shot the kids one, so the adult one is going to be our present day when, and the kid wants part of the story is when we were kids. Yeah. That's so cool. Like so cool. Uh, Is it going to be, because I didn't realize there was that split uh, in the in the book. In the movie, to, to your knowledge, do you, are they doing the back and forth? Or do you I think this think, is just going to be the kids all, and they'll do a The sequel? speculation that I have read is that this is just, it's just a straight movie about the kids. Hmm. We don't even know. And that the sequel is literally going to be the adults fighting Pennywise then. And I think that's going to be. Because we, we'll get two and a half hours of this, like, 1985 it, and then we'll get two and a half hours of, like, the 2016-17 it, where we get to see Derry juxtaposed, like, in those two shots, like, with 30 years of age in there. That's going to be interesting from a filmmaker standpoint, how they do that, like, how they make this city look good, like, how it ages over those two things, because they'll be using the same settings for a lot of stuff. Um, really, it's so like all, man, all of, all of that positive stuff that I should have felt for the dark tower that I just could not muster. I totally have for it. Like it's. That sounds, yeah, it sounds amazing. Like the, uh, the eighties thing, because it, uh, it'll, it'll stoke the nostalgia. Well, there's a lot of that going around already with the stranger things, etc. But also, you know, the, uh. That's when the book came out, so that's so people who read the book at the time will, uh, you know, associate yep. it with that time, and for it to all stay in that period would be super cool. It, and it being updated from you know whenever it was in the book, but then to have a built-in sequel that's not like how do we, uh, how do we capitalize on this rather and come up with something new, but have it have its origin in the original text as well, but in this different order. Yep. That's so cool. I didn't yeah. realize that. Oh man. And, and I mean, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a little bit of the adult thing, maybe to set it up either at the beginning or the end. I, I, that, okay. So the book, it's really awesome. It starts 
once the characters start getting introduced, I mean, because King spends probably 70 pages just talking about Derry at first. What house is Derry in? In his that's one of his towns, right? Like, yeah, it's a made up one. Uh, the Dreamcatcher, uh, um, eleven twenty two sixty three. Uh, what books does Derry appear in? That sounds. Uh, that's. Uh, I'm. I'm realizing now that I know it from you telling me about those books and the connection to something like it. Uh, I don't think I've come across Derry yet. As a fire starter, I'm I'm gonna finish fire starter. I think tomorrow, but I actually haven't looked. Yeah, up that what was a quick next. read. Um, uh, Derry is a fictional town and part of King, Stephen King's fictional main topography. Um, Derry has served as the setting for a number of his novels, novellas, and short stories. Derry first appeared in King's 1981 short story, "The Bird and the Album." And has reappeared as late as his 2011 novel, 112263. Hmm. And then let's see here. There's a whole Wikipedia page just on Derry, on Stephen King's Derry. So there's works set in Derry and works referring to Derry. So here's what's set in Derry. Hmm. <clears throat> the body, which is... Um, Stand by Me, the short story, the novella that Stand by Me is based on. Have you ever seen that movie, Stand by Me? No, isn't that crazy? Like, <laughs> holy shit, man, you're killing me. That's like one of my '80s go-to's. I know um, most people's. I it's just I don't know. Escape me uh, at the this time. This is another reason why, and I need to say this now that we're on Stand by Me. This is another reason why I'm so excited for the It movie. My favorite movies from the 80s are about groups of kids getting to do kid shit. Oh, yeah. In a world of grownups that just don't pay attention to them. Like the Goonies. Stand By Me is another great example of that. Uh, the Last Starfighter. Oh, Flight of the yeah, Navigator. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. All of these are staples to my childhood. Uh, all of these have recurring themes. A group of friends in them that are like, or at least two friends that their bond is like inseparable. Because mm -hmm. I was kind of a lonely, like I was a I was a latchkey kid, and like my mom was a little overprotective. Like I was kind of a lonely kid. Like I just didn't have. I had friends, but it's not like I wanted those kind of friends that I could just like totally confide in. That's what another reason why the cabin spoke to me so much. It was, oh you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, but I think that's common of uh, some of us cabin kids. Like I was similar. Like I had a I had. I Jacko basically, yeah, which was plenty for me at the time, but that that collective was uh, yeah, was exciting. But that's another reason why this it thing, because this it movie really feels it has that it's set in the eighties, and it has that eighties group of kids adventure. I mean, even the book it spoke to me when I read that in the early two thousands. Um, and I physically read that before I even thought about doing a chronology or anything uh it still spoke to me just because of that camarade the losers club i mean that's like the group of friends that's what they call themselves is the losers <laughs> club and they're like all kind of misfits like one's a stutterer one has asthma one's got glasses and is a big mouth what well, there's a fat kid there's a slutty poor not slutty let me take that back there's a poor girl uh, there and a Jew and a black kid. 
That's the losers club. Like I'm not, I'm not making it up. Like it's like that does feel like uh, the Goonies. Uh, yeah, and Stranger yeah. Things and uh, all that. Exactly. Kind of yeah. Club. And so, uh, all right. So we're setting dairy. So there's the body. There's it. Insomnia. Oh shit! I forgot insomnia. I don't know. Uh, bag of bones. Dreamcatcher. Fair extension. And eleven twenty two sixty three. Nice. <laughs> Partially because that movie's about the assassination of Kennedy. He ends up in Dallas. Spoiler alert. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Uh, we had a. Oh, I'm sorry. Were you, there more dairy? Uh, there's works referring to dairy. Oh. Uh, so the body, Running Man, Pet Cemetery, Uncle Otto's truck, Mrs. Todd's shortcut, my favorite Stephen King short story ever. Uh, the Tommy Knockers, The Night Flyer, Secret, well, there's a ton of these. Secret Window, Secret Garden, Needful Things, Insomnia, Autopsy Room 4, The Road Virus Heads North, Arts in Atlantis, The Dark Tower 7, Lysi's Story, Mute, Under the Dome, Full Dark, No Stars. Uh, oh, yeah, Dreamcatcher is on there. Wow, that's a lot, yeah. But what's interesting is uh, I don't think... Uh, I haven't gotten to any of those yet. Yeah, and actually, interestingly enough, uh, I don't know what I'm going to next. Like, I'm I'm probably going to finish Firestarter tomorrow. I went to StephenKing.com, the library, uh, here a moment ago, and it was pretty. I don't know, like, what to do next because there's actually the the thing that makes the most sense. Here, let me read a couple of these and tell me if they, if you're like, oh, you can, that's in this or that. So, like, the very next thing, Dark Forces, the 21st pan of Book of Horror Stories. What? The, the Crate, Fantasy Annual 4. A lot of these are saying anthology. Yeah, the, the those are probably either short story contributions or, um, I, I mean, that's probably what it is. Oh, I it's see. Like a that collection. makes sense. Like a collection of short stories with other authors. And he either contributed something to that or they paid to have one of his stories in that like oh stories that probably are going to show up in one of his his short story yes. collections okay yes yeah all right i wouldn't worry about anything that says the anthology on it i think I didn't what do, is what is that. next though some of them do say short story like there's something here that says the crate the monkey interspersed amongst these i think what the next thing is actually for me is road work isn't that one of your favorite bachman novels or no, the long walk. No, the long walk. Uh, yeah, it's the long walk is my favorite Bachman novel. Okay. That is. So I'm up to it'll be. I will hit 1980 with that. Or no, I'm in 1980 with Firestarter. But yeah, yeah. So road, road work will be my second Bachman novel that hopefully I can find. Oh but, yeah, you had because you had Rage was yeah, the first. One. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Not finished. Hey, you dipshit on, motherfucker! <laughs> like, <laughs> like the way that narrator like that reads that shit is like, listen here, you dipshit motherfucker! Like, he doesn't put any inflection or like, any, like doesn't try to sound like a kid or anything. Right. He's just like, I am a forty-two year old man reading this book, like, and we're getting it on down here, <laughs> and we are getting it on. You feel like getting it on, you dipshit motherfucker? Like, oh man. Oh. Oh, I, I don't even a, know if dipshit motherfuckers a line in that, but I just feel like <laughs> there's a scene where he's like, where he cusses out the teacher. You know what I'm talking about? Like early so, on in yeah. the book or the principal, <laughs> like he like cusses out the principal and like, it's just like, right. It was so off putting because I'm just like, this guy does not know how to swear at all. Like, 
He obviously has never been cussed out by a teenager before. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So do you have a do you have an audio version of that? Because I don't know. Road if work? I'll be able, yeah, yeah. I, I think I do. Yeah. If you think of that when you when you dump the audio for this in, or if you have access to it. Um it's no rush because I it'll take me a minute to get to it. But yeah, no problem. I don't know if I'll be able to track that down through my libraries and stuff. No problem. I'm pretty sure I have that. I'll be able to throw that in there. No problem. Awesome. Thank uh, you. Uh I was uh, about it. You need it. You need it. You should honestly, you should just do it though. Like oh, I'm just telling you. Right, right. That's true. You have three you have like three weeks before the movie comes out. Three or four weeks. Oh. Okay. Mm. And you really and you're gonna wanna see the movie. You know that. Oh yeah. I kind of was thinking I just would see the movie, but and then get to it. But I don't know how much I'm a few years. Oof, that's tough. Yeah, you're like, I mean, because it's like 1986, I think. And I don't, I doubt I would get through it in three weeks. That's, I, I'd have to make a real concentrated effort. Plus, it's summertime. I don't like that idea. Listen, I got to, I got through it. <laughs> I got through it. Um. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, 86. 86. Hmm. September 86. So I got through it between driving to work, which your commute is almost is almost as long as it's mine. about an hour. Yeah, and construction yeah. season right now, so it's kind of yes. I got through it in like a week and a half, honestly, with through wow. between my commutes because it's so engaging. First off, the narrator is amazing. Uh, he st- he sounds like Stanley Tucci, but it's not Stanley <laughs> Tucci. Oh, um, oh man. Hmm. But between dog walks and my commute, I was able to get through it. You, I mean, if it took you longer than four weeks to get through it on audio, and you were making a concerted effort to get through it, it would there would be a problem. In my opinion. <laughs> yeah, if you spend two hours a day in the car, I, I mean, I usually, I usually only for some reason listen to books in the morning. But okay, I, I, no, I, I do that because I, I listen to Morning Joe in the morning. That, that's the only thing that I don't fall asleep to. Because I'm just so angry while I listen to it. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, I, I like if I try to listen to books or music, man. I'm I'm by the the tail end of that commute. I'm just like dragging ass and <laughs> falling asleep. Run! But I listen theory. to Morning Joe, and I'm like, <laughs> "Are you fucking kidding me?" I know. He He's, tweeted that, and it's like, "What is he? A fucking professional wrestler?" It's like, yeah, they're gonna be, they're gonna feel fury, the likes of which the world has never seen. It's like, what the fuck? Who's, like, well, that's just proving Vince McMahon writes his tweets. Just, <laughs> I buy that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Uh, all right. So I guess I'll I'll see about that. That makes that that seems like a the right. Thing I, to I mean, do. if you're gonna break the chronology for anything, I think that that would merit it. Yeah, that's true. And you think it will deepen my appreciation of the movie? Or see, what I was kind of thinking is if I see the movie, then I get to read the book like you did with the stand and have those be the characters. Oh, yeah. I see what what you're saying. I was. And And it really, and honestly, like these, like the only, my only drawback to that is, is what if the the movie sucks? Then you have that, you know what I mean? Like then you have that to taint your image of the movie. Like, I I still because John Ritter played the adult version of one of the characters in the eighties version of it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you if they did the the adult kid thing both in the in that version. It sounds like uh, that version they did. They like tried to do like they tried to do the book 
they changed some weird things in that, but they did try to do the book. But John Ritter played the grown up version of one of the characters. Okay. And I, when I, and they, they do a much better job. The, the adult versions of these kids get just as much exposition as the kid versions in the book because the book's gigantic. He has that much time that he can like really dive into both lives, like their lives yeah. as grown ups and their lives as kids. And so when you're when you get that character's exposition as an adult, it's really like the, he's really cool. Like and he's the fat kid when he's when they're kids. And then as a grown up, like he's awesome, right? <laughs> and I just picture John Ritter in like being <laughs> awesome like that. Like just constantly wears like engineer boots and like blue jeans and like blue chambray shirts, but is like a multi-billionaire <laughs> architect and like flies his own plane and like like even if he's doing a job like in the book he's like doing this job over in England and he still flies back his own plane flies back so that he can drink in his local bar in Nebraska <laughs> every Saturday like like while he's on that job he would still fly back on Thursday night so that he could be at the honky tonk on Saturday to have his like one drink and then like tip and then leave and like that but that he that because that was his routine it's like how fucking awesome is that like <laughs> so you uh, did or did not like that you picture john ritter oh no i totally like that that's like, awesome but that's, <laughs> and, and like in tim curry as like pennywise like that's because tim curry like it that is the one saving grace of that miniseries version of it is that's, like yeah. Tim Curry is fucking terrifying as Pennywise. Like that's the thing I always imagined. Uh, was yep. I knew he played that character, and just picturing him as a clown seemed terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I mean the whole like, because in the book, he's just as like like Pen the whole he's a clown. So while all of these horrific things are happening, he's cracking jokes and like being jovial, like hmm. while it's happening, you know, and like just really more macabre and like morbid and oh man. And that's what makes it so awesome. And Tim Curry nailed it. So, uh, this Ben Skarsgård, who I think that's his name, who's playing, um, Pennywise in this, is that his name? Uh, Bill Skarsgård. Sorry. Who is now get this. <laughs> Let's talk about these guys real quick here. Bust this. Those Did you watch any of sorry. true any True Blood at all? No, I, I well maybe one episode or something. Okay, like you know the big blonde Viking looking. I know uh, of him. Yeah, Eric the Viking, right? Or yeah, something like that. Maybe that's his like, nickname. Yeah. Okay, that is the brother of Bill. That guy's last name is also Skarsgård. He is the oh, brother yeah. of I this thought... Bill Skarsgård, right? Okay. Yeah. Who both of them are the son, because I read some article that they were like, well, we had really, really big shoes to fill, and our dad is an actor. Oh, shit. The guy from Goodwill Hunting and Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. Yes. Is their father. Huh. Crazy, right? Yeah. These guys, though. Uh, at least oh, the one man. from True Blood. Like, he's like a Greek god. <laughs> But well, and this guy's pretty like. like Bill Skarsgård's pretty good looking too. Like he's like kind of chiseled and awesome. And I guess because they're from Sweden, I think. Oh, that sounds uh, yeah. And 
he has a really strong film career in Sweden, like Bill uh-huh. Skarsgård does. So, like, he's done a lot of, uh, like, uh, uh, indie movies there. He's also stars in, like, Sweden's highest costing production ever. It was, like, a hundred and some million that they spent on this movie, the adaptation of some book. And he stars in it, and his dad's also in it. So, um, there's definitely potential for him to be as terrifying as Tim Curry. I think the problem with Tim Curry's performance is it's, it's not terrifying when set against the rest of the production. Ah, like, uh, yeah. Cause it's made for TV, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. How is it stuck? It's like the shining <clears throat> TV series. Oh or worse? yeah. <laughs> or worse. Oh, um, yikes. Okay. You know, I, mean, I didn't dislike do the not watch series. that. Well, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, so that one, like, yeah, I'm glad, like, okay, I probably should read it first. Oh, man. So there's a lot going on in Stephen King universe yeah. right now. Oh, you know, Kingdom. I wanna, don't want to forget to tell you about it, is we had some folks over and they saw my Firestarter book and my Stephen King books on the shelf. And yeah. uh, it was someone who is just a little bit older than us. Yeah, well, maybe like five to ten years older than us. And uh, she was saying that, she's like, you know, the one move and actually she said too about Firestar. She's like, oh, I just saw that movie. And I'm literally at the time I was debating whether or not I would get the Shout Factory of a movie I hadn't seen and a book that yeah. I don't even like that much or if I would just try to get it through some other means. She's like, oh, that's a great movie. And I was like, good. I'm ordering yeah. it. And I did. Yeah. And I'll probably watch it this weekend. But she said the one book that I this that scared me so much I can couldn't even read it in a room without other people or go to sleep at night. And she's like, you know what it was? And I was like, well, no. She says, is it? That's what this person was saying. So, um, yeah, I'm primed. Okay, I'm gonna. I'll get a hold of it. Try to read it before the movie comes out, and then by the time uh, people hear about it in the podcast, I will have already read it. I think because yeah. of the of our lag and uh, of the episodes we're banking right now, we're getting a lot of good people on mic and stuff. So yeah, no, that's, that's gonna goes. be great. And uh, you know, listen up for episode thirty, you guys. That's gonna be the a big sh- big show. We're gonna have the whole staff on, hopefully. Yeah. And uh, going to revisit some of our favorite clips. Um, well, um, I know we've been talking longer than uh, we intended here, um, but I don't want to shortchange the King Corner, but I'll try not to interject as much going forward. No, I don't think I have. I mean, that was so. Oh, no. So I because I'm just thinking of that that series of tweets that we yeah, the went text through because then like was... that came out and like Moto's contribution to that conversation one was surprising just in the fact that I did not think like, of course, Moto has heard all of our Stephen King conversations. I just would not have pegged him of like, same thing with double D double D has bent my ear at least four times over, um, the dead zone. Oh, really? Like Like just talking about it? Like, just like, can you believe this? And like, can you believe this? And like, I, and this is so wrong. He needs to be on mic. (laughs) I know. I know. That's what I said. And, and, uh, and I was just like, uh, but it just blew me away that like our love of Stephen King is like filtering into our friends. Cause like Twinkie was talking about how he was going to follow my lead on the dark tower movie. And, uh, how the it trailer kept him up for days and like yeah. I love uh, that too. He's just like fuck that. I'm not watching it. 
And he he seemed kind of serious. <laughs> he did. He did. He really did. Uh, but there's that, and then um, and then Double D's like he, this last time he's like bending my ear, and out of nowhere I just like tot- like interrupted him, and I'm like, "What's the next Stephen King book you're gonna read?" And uh, there's a slight pause, and I was waiting for him to like I don't know say something, and he's like. Or say, like, I don't know. What do you think? That's what I was expecting. Like, I don't think I wasn't expecting him to have already something in mind for his next one. Yeah. I was trying to point out, like, dude, you're you're becoming a Stephen King fan. Like, wait, <laughs> like, like, let's think about the next one you're going to read. But there was a slight pause. And then without missing a beat, he's like, I think I'm going to start the Dark Tower. <laughs> so, like, so Double D's going to jump right into the Dark Tower. We have and then. Moto out of the blue hits us both with a new Stephen King project that we had no idea was even in existence. Oh yeah, the Mr. Mercedes. Shit, Which that premieres based- tonight. <laughs> I'm looking at a oh does stephenking.com and there's a banner. I don't know when this was published or oh, when people will see. I this. forgot. I forgot this. This was this little uh it tidbit was that the producer said that Tilda Swinton. They originally had her scheduled to come in and read for Pennywise to audition for Pennywise. Oh, wow. And some project fell through, like conflicted, and she never got to do that read, which meant they moved on Bill Skarsgård. But he's like, there was this one brief period in time where we thought maybe Tilda Swinton was going to be Pennywise. And as soon like, now I'm not trying to sell Bill Skarsgård short, right? Like, I think like the, the the latest trailer when he finally talks he's like holding the paper boat and he's like go ahead take it <laughs> and he like <laughs> he does that t at the end yeah. where he like clicks that t and i'm just cuz he's got those like big buck teeth you know mm-hmm. and like and you're like oh that's pretty <laughs> awesome so like i'm pretty confident that bill scarsgard is going to do amazing as pennywise but I kind of was guilty or kind of regretted the fact that I didn't live in the universe that Tilda Swinton played Pennywise. Like, could does you, like sound cool. I, yeah. doesn't that sound awesome? I mean, cause I'm thinking back to like, uh, she plays Gabriel in Constantine. Like oh the, yeah. The Constantine adaptation. I think it's Gabriel. She plays is like the angel that she, she plays one of the archangels. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, uh, where she's, yeah. Mama's watch. I've turned cities into salt, and I even, when I feel like it, rip the souls out of little girls. And the only thing you can count on from now until kingdom come is never understanding why. <laughs> Sorry. Looks like a bad news for the war effort. Shut up! <laughs> oh boy. Um, <laughs> all right. So that's the best archangel for my money. So the Mr. Mercedes show. So Moto comes out of out of nowhere. I'm just like Stephen King. Awesome. Stephen King. Awesome. Stephen King. Awesome. Stephen King. Awesome. Like to the point that I'm like, man, they have got to fucking hate me. Like, it's like, and so out of nowhere, Moto's like, boom, Mr. Mercedes trailer. One, this is how this was not on my radar. Do you remember me referencing a few times on earlier episodes that trilogy of novels that he just finished 
Yeah, that you and never like, and even. It's, and I'm not to that point. Like I like right. that's the part of the chronology that I haven't started yet. Yeah, they're recent. Like one of them just came that's, out in the last that's year. That's it. Or so. Like that's the trilogy. Is oh, the Mer- cool. Mr. Mercedes trilogy, which is like I've read about a little bit about it. It's supposed to be his like hard-boiled detective novels. Is what the, it's like. Follows a detective who's trying to catch the serial killer. Um, oh. so. Which that looks fucking fantastic too. Like, and it's got big people in it. Who are the the? Uh, you, you, yeah, it's uh. So it's got um. Oh, I'm not looking at the right thing. Well, it, it's div- directed by Jack Bender, who did a lot of episodes of Lost and Game of Thrones. Okay, and adapted for television by David A. Kelly, who <laughs> he he did a lot of successful shows, uh, mostly lawyer based shows. I watched Ally McBeal. <laughs> I liked that one. Oh, okay. But I, I think he did a. Uh, like the, I don't know. I don't, he was he was a big TV guy for a while. Uh, a lot of good shows. He was like the, uh, <laughs> the Shonda Rhimes of his day. I don't know. Now I'm just like dating myself. But um, what's a Brendan? What is this guy's name? Dude, you know to see him. You know, uh, the guy from Twenty Eight Days Later. The dad from Twenty Eight Days yeah, Later. Exactly. You know what I'm talking about. That's all you need. <laughs> yeah, Brendan O'Brien. I'm gonna call. No, that's the producer. Uh, like, uh, no, this guy. Like, <laughs> this guy. No, seriously though, this guy is like uh, Bre- Brendan Gleeson. All right, now I'm actually finding it. Come on, seriously, you're not gonna give the name? It is Brendan Gleeson. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Where is like he? Said, Where is he at on here? Like I'm looking. At I had to thing. click He's like on the main character. I had to click on the the website, and actually, he seems to be the only person they. Named. How is oh. that guy not fucking knighted? He's been in so much awesome shit, and he's awesome in all of it. Like I know. in Bruges. Have Maybe you ever seen in Bruges before? Oh, of like, course. Yeah, they're filming midgets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on. That is such uh, a fun movie. <laughs> so. Holy um, shit! Hey, um, Mary uh, from Mary Louise Parker's in this. That's pretty cool. Anyhow, yeah, good people. Yeah, I like this is going to be an amazing show, right? Yeah. Oh man! At the top of IMDb is Logan uh, a Logan Lucky banner, and <laughs> <laughs> which we were just talking about that movie in episode twenty eight, yeah. and there is there is fucking Daniel Craig. No peeking. I'm, ex- I'm no most peeking. excited to see Ky- like, Kylo Ren. <laughs> That's the one yeah. I liked the most from the previous yeah. for some reason. <laughs> Can you hand me my arm? You mean this one? <laughs> yeah. So, are you gonna engage in this TV show or wait till you uh, read the books? Um, I I mean, TV is really hard for me, anyways, just because I don't have cable, so I don't. I never watch anything topically. Like it's all like. Part of this also filters into my personality too. Is I'm, I'm a, a gulper, a, a binger. Uh, I like it all at once. So like Lost, the first I didn't watch Lost in time until like the fourth season. Up to that point, I waited for the seasons to come out on DVD so I could watch them all at once. Oh yeah, yeah, and it just became fucking nightmare trying to do that during the season and not getting spoiled so i had to stay on pace with it then be, so that nothing would get ruined um it looks like it's on direct tv and you you verse so i don't even know if it's on something you can see whatever you verse is yeah <laughs> uh uh that is the at&t's cable service uh 
see that I think all of these cable services are starting starting to follow Netflix's and Amazon and Hulu's. Well, Amazon and Hulu are just following Netflix's example, but I think everybody's going to start creating exclusive content. I think that's what it's boiling to. Which is it's it's starting to make me nuts, honestly, because yeah. like I. I want to see Twin Peaks really badly, but I yep. don't have Showtime. I watched on the plane. I watched the first half of the pilot to Cameron Crowe's Showtime series, Roadies, which I've heard was bad. But I, I was, I was like, oh, I'd, I'd watch this. Can't <laughs> like these are two shows too. Like, so I thought maybe I could get the DVDs for Roadies. No, Westworld and no Game of Thrones, like both of those, we, I would like to. We watch Game of Thrones on 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 DVD via Netflix, like one season behind, and that's yeah. been okay, I guess. Though it's really hard to avoid spoilers, right? Um, but like, what they're doing now is they're not making DVDs for some of these shows, like Roadies. They don't make DVDs. I wanted to get DVDs of Stranger Things Blu-rays just because I thought that'd be fun. Don't make them. Yeah, like they're just stop. Like you, they're just making it so you can't get stuff without subscribing to these services. And yeah, you're like you're. The, it's like you have to subscribe to all of them. It's, it's which bullshit. ends up being like eight times more than cable costs. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, oh, don't do this to us, everybody. Whoever you well, are. Well, and I mean, listen, Netflix. We love your show, and for people like Dave that just need the physical thing to say, this is how much I love the show. Yeah, because they—that's the thing. They people they can and will and have take it away. Like it's yeah. not always just going to be there, right? Ugh. Right. It's like Disney. Well, and it model. also lets them. It also lets them control. It, it, this yeah. is the other piece of it. Is it lets them can Lucas would not have had half of the problems if he would have controlled how we got to watch that movie, those movies. That's true. Like, yeah, that's the whole point of the Disney Vault, man. Is like. It goes away for 30 years. So that way, when it comes, like, why do you think they always, like, we discovered another song for this. It's now <laughs> updated with the new song. Bullshit. We know you just wrote that song to get people to buy this new version of a movie they already have four versions of. Yeah. But because you wait 15 years or 20 years between opening the vault and letting them out, that's what makes people buy it regardless. You wouldn't have to put new shit in it. It's just because... The format's totally changed or whatever. But if Netflix is like, let's say, for example, Netflix got a lot of flack for killing off Barb, right? <laughs> and not explaining that. If they made Stranger Things disappear, like let's say that fell out of the limelight for five years. And then they had a revival for Stranger Things and re-release those episodes. They could erase Barb's storyline and and there would be people that would never know that. Like that's, right. yeah, that's another reason why, like, just like the, what's the video store in Texas? Um, oh, uh, Vulcan video, Vulcan video. That's why I was trying to find, like, I wanted them to find that like period specific version of phenomenon because it, it could have changed from the edition that came out on video that you and I watched for the first time if the DVD wasn't released until 2002, the studio could have very easily changed that, like used a different take yeah, for that DVD maybe they cut. didn't want the word ass in there or something. Yeah. Uh, and nobody would be the wiser. Right. You know, like, 
Yeah, because I ended up watching that whole movie. I'm like, I thought he said it somewhere. And then I made peace, I guess, with like, okay, well, he, he says like, yeah, I fell, but it, it's, he doesn't scream it. <laughs> so right. Like, All right. But he right. doesn't say, knock me on my ass. He's like, he said, knock me on my feet. Knock me off right. my feet. And right. it was a PG movie. And I'm like, well, they could still say ass. But, but yeah, no, it's, yeah, it, I just, it bums me out when stuff, like you have things that you like and then they're suddenly gone. Right. Um, that that show out of Milwaukee that I like uh, with Mark Borchert, <clears throat> they've been on. Uh, they they think of it as a radio station, and it is a radio station. It's even become an FM station and stuff. But they, I always listen to it kind of as a podcast, but not truly podcast like on iTunes and stuff. Just on SoundCloud, and you could download them, but they would be like some format that you had to convert. It wouldn't even like play as an MP3. You'd have to open it up in a Adobe audition. So I wasn't like downloading them or anything, but I was creating like a playlist and I would go there and and I'd always think like, I should download these because you never know. Well, um, not too long ago, the entire like several year run was just gone. And it's actually, and it's because of what you talked about before. Um, Because uh, especially Borshert started to, uh, be at the helm more because one of the one of the hosts left and the other one moved away um, and was calling in on the phone and and Mark would play like a full song and he would even make a point of being like how he doesn't interrupt the fade out he's like they do that on the radio man and that don't fly here but like so he would just like let the song fade out because they are a radio station stuff like he's not he's right. not thinking about any of this stuff he doesn't really care um, but I'm pretty sure that that's what happened is that they. SoundCloud just took them, just like they all just disappeared one day. The wow. whole run of that show, and they talked about because of that copyright bit. shit, right? I, they didn't say so on air when they talked about it, but I'm pretty sure, uh, and that makes perfect sense because I was like, I could see that he did it for like a year or so of just like full out playing a, sh- a song at the beginning and a song in the middle, and uh, must have, and and like a lot of the same songs over and over again. Yeah. So, yeah, but it was just like, oh man, I loved those and I wanted to go back. I'd love to go back to some of them sometimes. Like they mention, you know, we mention a lot of shit, but that's a movie, uh, that's a, sh- a one hour show about movies from these like guys with encyclopedic knowledge of film uh, history. And they would just rattle off so much. I used to try to take notes on it and I stopped a long time ago. And uh, anyway, but like, yeah, the internet giveth and the internet taketh away. <laughs> you need the second D to keep yeah. that, keep track of that, all those you shows do. that they reference. Oh, yeah. That's what the two second D's, D's. The, that's where the two D's are. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm getting far afield from, uh, from the, the King Corner, but yeah, it's all <laughs> Man. circles. <laughs> it's just fucking like, well, look. This is frustrating in the sense that if this is exclusive to AT&T U-verse, Hulu has 1122.63. I sure as shit am not subscribing to either one of those shitty services. <laughs> but I want your fucking content. I'll pay you for your content. Yeah. Like, you there know, must be like, a way. Yeah, you got to pirate it. Like, you have to break the law. Like, that's uh. the piece that I, like, because Netflix is never going to be, like, they're they're trying to kill DVDs, right? They're never going to be like, here's all of our content on DVDs, you know? 
I guess. Yeah. Well, well, did they, they put out Orange and the New Black? Yeah, on like DVD? Some, some things they do. Yeah, Orange is the New Black came out a little bit. Or uh, what's the Kevin Spacey movie? Yeah, Air House of House Cards. I've seen House that. of Cards. Like even, they have. Yeah, they recently. have those. What am I? Some yeah. of them they do. There's other weird things. Like I can't believe they didn't put Stranger Things out on DVD. That's. It, it's That's fucking odd. crazy. Yeah, yeah, so it I, is odd. Maybe they will in conjunction with the new season or something. But at the same time, they don't have to. Like they don't need the help. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, know? yeah. Uh, That's other true. Weird stuff. Like you know, I mean, I'm a Kevin Smith fan and collector, and um, the comic book man. That's the only non. Well, that's not true. Anyway, it's the not only non scripted, like not hosted. You know, not like Chris Hardwick hosted show on, on AMC's network. And they're going into their, like, I think sixth or seventh season, but none of them have ever been put on DVD. Oh. And even yeah. Netflix will get one, like, one season at a time. That's not the kind of show, though, you want to binge, but. Um, right. That's, yeah. So it's just weird. It's a, it's a thing going away where the, like, TV on DVD was such a big deal for so many years. I remember growing up, like, I was always taping things off television. And yeah. sometimes they would release stuff on, uh, you know, VHS as a series, but they'd be really expensive and it'd be a bunch of tapes. And, and yeah, you'd have like a box set like this big, you know? Yeah. And definitely they wouldn't uh, do it for every show. I mean, very few shows got that kind of treatment. Right. Um, I remember I used to order Highlanders, the TV series box sets like that uh, from a catalog or something. And actually in that beautiful fucking uh, record store I found, I wish I could think it was called Cheapo Records, I think in Minneapolis, Oh, they had like three or four of those seasons of Highlander on VHS. And it's like Whoa. one of those things where the picture goes across many spines. To yeah, form a picture. yeah. And uh, they were like four bucks a piece. And I was just, I didn't get them. But like I was for like, the set or for each? For tape? the set, for the set. And I was like, four bucks Ooh. a set. But I yeah. was like, what am I going to really, I'm not, I don't have that kind of space. And I wouldn't really watch yeah. them on VHS. I have a few of the other seasons, though. So I'm like, oh, I could complete it. Ah, saying it aloud, man, it's tempting. Okay. I, gotta so I can't even gotta, talk about this. <laughs> you got a dog? Is that a dog going off in the yeah, background? What's Maggie it? wants yeah. to go out. Oh, Maggie, we're almost done. We've been talking a long time. I'm sorry. You know how we get. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, that's pretty much all the king stuff I got. You know, like there's enough going on. Really bummed that the Dark Tower movie sucked. Read the books, though. Uh, I will. This, and so will Mr. Mercedes. <laughs> yeah, and so will Double D. I'm excited. Like, uh, yeah, that's King Corner. King Corner and episode 29. Wrapped. Episode 29. We're wrapped. back. We're back, back from our hiatus, hiatus. Next episode is going to be the 30th episode. Again, that's got me, Twinkie, Dave. Moto, Double D, all of us talking about our favorite moments so far on Long Walk Short Drink. If this already was not conceited enough, <laughs> then we get to spend, we're going to spend four hours being even more conceited. Um, <laughs> then episode 31 uh, is going to be Pumps, the Pumps episode. And then 32 should be the Disney episode, which will also have Double D and hopefully stand the man nice a uh, little bit of my my current cabin coming in uh on with uh my old cabin it'll be nice oh, so very cool yeah great um, stuff in the in in store yeah so plenty in store uh thanks for listening let us know what you think at lwsd pod on twitter um 
If you want us on other social networks, let us know that, and we'll tell you to fuck off until unless you're going to sponsor us. Uh, um, so uh, you can always email us too. Um, write to lwsdpod at gmail.com and we'll yep. get it and get back to you. Or lwsd.palmer at gmail.com. Oh, yeah. uh, or you want to give your email address? Sure. My, my email address uh, is dj. J is in James, DJU at davidalman.net, which is U L L M A N.net. Uh, you can get to Twinkie at 330 Cabin Kid. Uh, you can get to Double D on Twitter, yeah, at 330 Cabin Kid. Double D is at, I what his is. In Moto, I don't, I don't think he has a Twitter either. M- Moto, but get him to us. To. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think he likes it that way. <laughs> I like him big. I like him chunky. We'd um, all love to hear from you, though, and we're grateful if you're, yeah, if you're absolutely. listening. Yeah, absolutely. Any of those ways, uh, you can download us at any of our, you know, you download us, you listen to this right now. Why should I tell you where to get us from? Fucking YouTube, fucking iTunes, fucking Stitcher, yeah. fucking Google Play. Google Play Music, all the major players are, are in there. But uh, thanks so much for listening. Uh, We're back and going stronger than ever. We'll talk to you in episode 30. All right. Cheers. Hey, you dipshit motherfucker. <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah.